over this. All talk, no shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the star of Whiskey Cavalier, Mike Seibert. <laughs> Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453, and right into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. This week, Dave Sanders returns, and we're talking TV. TV! We talk TV! You talk some TV! I've also got two brand new jams from vastly different artists that just happen to both be some of my favorite homies. Uh, Seattle nerd rock pioneers Kirby Crackle are back with a darkly melodic and crunchy tune called Snake in the Garden. But first, here is Waking Things with their latest. We've been waiting a hot minute for this one. It's a song called Crushed. The video, directed by Kevin Atkins, is now available on YouTube. Link in the show notes. Dave Sanders joins us next. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. What's worse than calling?
to Mike Cybert Radio. I am your host, and as promised, joining me now via the Skypes and from a different time zone, um, uh, <laughs> Dave Sanders, our, our re- uh, resident uh, TV expert and producer, uh, joins us. We're going to uh, chat about, I mean, what are we calling this, Dave? Is this kind of like a, like a mid-season, mid-season uh, TV recap show thing? What, what are I, we doing here? I'm going to steal a line that I used on my... Uh, podcast the uh, beards booze and brutes football podcast it's the halfway to mid-season check-in point i love that that's that's <laughs> awesome so and, and uh so actually so since we're here and you you shoved in a, a plug uh um, yes. which i was gonna ask you for anyway so so um why don't you catch folks up and kind of uh reacquaint them with uh some of the stuff that you've been doing outside of you know making the uh, uh really cool bumpers and sounders and intros and and you know kind of kind of adding some of like the the extra texture and interstitial sound uh to Mike Cybert Radio which which incidentally I I love how I asked you a question and then I keep talking I, I do this at home all the time it's obnoxious but uh but I I've gotten um more than a few compliments about like you know like the uh the mailbag sounder and the social media thing and you know just oh, the, nice. just the way the intros and outros sound um I was at Jet City Comic Show uh in Tacoma uh last week week before and yeah there were actually a couple uh folks that that listened that I ran into they're like yeah but that that mailbag that that's that sounds really cool um oh, so nice. so I think this is the first time we've had the opportunity to chat about it live on the air here and and yeah so I and and all of that is I I was like no that's that's producer Dave man that's uh that's the uh special sauce that he uh, <laughs> that he adds to uh, uh Mike Cyber Radio so so again thank you for um you know uh, uh making those things sound great great job well no and, and thank you for all those that spoke up about that I mean it's uh, it took some time to uh, perfect it to the way to make it sound the way that I wanted it to sound on the Mike Cyber Radio podcast so I do appreciate that little uh that little gesture that for uh for listening to that but no i'm on uh i have a couple podcasts that i'm either a producing b a part of and producing or c all the above mm-hmm. uh, i'm on the here for it podcast which you can find at here for it pod on twitter uh they're basically retooling into a variety show as opposed to a wrestling show so go check them out they just dropped a couple episodes the last couple weeks uh one going over halloween movies and one uh cult uh cult classic movies so they kind of did the movie thing the last couple weeks go check him out at here for a pod and your favorite streaming service awesome and i am also the co-host of the beards booze and brutes football podcast with my buddy and good brother chris jones out in texas we talk a lot about a lot of football mm-hmm. we have some great fantasy advice we've hit a lot of things on fantasy that a lot of other uh fantasy quote-unquote gurus i do the air quotes on the air even though you can't see it I can see uh, that they didn't get and uh yeah we just have a lot of fun on there 
Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on your uh, uh, newfound uh, voice and footing, uh, you know, getting back into the realm of content production and broadcasting and all of that. I, I'm, I'm really proud of you. A lot of it is also not just that I'm getting my foot. I'm helping newbies. I, I feel like I'm back at uh, at Green River College in KGRG yes. teaching the new class, and I enjoy that a lot. So that that's just an extra little like cherry on top of the whipped cream. <laughs> Absolutely. I I was just having a conversation with somebody at my uh, day job, uh, just uh just earlier this afternoon, talking about um you know I I'm at my happiest when I'm training new folks on doing mm-hmm. all this crazy broadcasting stuff just like we used to do uh, when we were at uh, Green River College uh, broadcasting program uh, for KGRG. It's, uh, it, it, it's good stuff. Lots of plugs here in this whole intro I, opening thing. I know, right? I know, right? It's, you know, well, just like when we used to do live radio together, it just, you you slip into it and you don't you do. even realize that you're like knee deep, uh, sometimes hip deep into, you know, just just plug city because uh, it's it, it just... You know, that's just kind of like our training and our practice and just kind of just kind of how we do it. So, um, all right. So I I dragged us um, off topic (laughs) and I'm going to I'm going to continue with that trend. Uh, We'll get to TV in uh, just a quick sec. But um, but producer Dave, what uh, what did you think of that uh, brand new fresh hot fire uh, waking things track that uh, that uh, we just played? Well, first of all, I'm glad to see them still around and making new music, even though it is with a uh, different lead singer than when mm-hmm. I first interacted with them. Uh, I, I found them when they had Erica as their singer. Yeah. I know that she has moved on to uh, to do her own thing and do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it, though. I, I I thought it was different from what the band used to do. Like I, I listened to uh, Pretend uh, by Waking Things like almost nonstop on my Spotify. I have it on there and love that song so much. Uh, even listen to the old live version that we did up at the KGRG studios a lot, but it, it was a different feel to the Waking Things sound. I'm not saying that is a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> different is good, and I I liked it quite a bit. Also, this is uh this is the first song that uh the all of the folks in the band have collaborated on and written together. Uh, mm-hmm. with uh with their new singer Sam who's been with uh with the band for oh gosh like a year and a half now um you know we we were talking a bit before we recorded I kind of gave Dave a little bit of the history of uh you know like uh, uh their previous singer Erica uh leaving the band and getting a new singer in uh Sam uh, uh Samantha and um how basically how the uh here for it EP uh, kind of came into being where they kind of took uh, some material that uh, that the guys did as a three piece and some other stuff that they were working on for a new album, reconfigured it um, into a uh, really excellent platform for what Sam has been bringing to the Waking Things live shows. Um, you can listen to that. I, I did an interview with Chris and Sam. Oh, I want to say about a year ago. Um, I'll uh, I'll put a no- uh, link in the show notes. Uh, I don't remember what episode number it was off the top of my head, but it was a really great conversation. Uh, just kind of you know getting more into the process and things like that. This uh, this particular song, "Crushed," has been kind of like eagerly awaited uh, from us, wanting a new. Uh, waking things music for some time and i'm not disappointed uh but i'm i'm especially eager for 
for what comes next because um you know, one of the other things that Dave and I uh, talked about is that a lot of Waking Things songs sound different and unique from each other. But yet when you throw them together on a, in a compilation, whether it be an EP or an album, they all just flow together beautifully. Like, uh, you know, when, when I talked about the Hang In There uh, EP from last year, you know, I, I wrote in a review that it's um, it's it's theatrical and it's basically a rock opera by way of pop punk. Um, it has like, you know, with uh, uh, it, it's got the makings of something that could easily be a uh, really cool concept album. So I, I'm really excited for uh, for my friends at Waking Things. If you see them, go see them live because they're uh, uh, they uh, man, they bring the heat and they are one of my very favorite uh, bands that uh, that we got to know during um, the KGRG era. Um, and yeah, still Dave to this day uh, when they came up and performed live for us on the old Buzz Morning Show is still one of my favorite memories of that time. Oh, it is. And Chris is still the undefeated, undisputed trivia champion of the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> he still mentions that from time to time. I'm Fantastic. Just like, I'm just I like, love it. I'm just like, it's like, you do you, boo. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, um, so and, and then later on in the show, um, I will also have the uh, brand new single uh, from uh, a band that was uh, a favorite of mine before I started at KGRG. But I was glad to uh, one of the spokes I added to the wheel while I was there was uh, uh, hyping up Seattle nerd rockers Kirby Crackle. And they Ooh. have a um, uh, they have their brand new song, uh, Snake in the Garden. I'll play for that. Play that for you later. Um, this one. It, Ooh, can't wait. It's really cool. It's uh, you know, they're known for nerd rock, but um, this one is uh, it's not as heavy on the nerdy references, but man, is it heavy and it's dense, and it's uh, um, I, I could see where frontman Kyle Stevens is coming from from just like a visceral, visceral emotional place. It's a it's a really cool song. I'm I'm really cool. excited uh, for y'all to hear it. Um, so I'm hyped up for it. Even yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I want to hear this now. <laughs> it's great. It's I, I liked it quite a bit. And and much like with Crush from Waking Things, I think I liked it because it surprised me. I yeah. was just like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Now, if uh, if you follow Kirby Crackle on social medias or uh, Kyle Stevens, you know, he posts about, you know, stuff that's on his mind sometimes. And and, you know, he's uh, uh, he, he kind of has some of that uh, existential dread that some of us, uh, you know, kind of feel in some of these uh, political times. And, you know, he's pretty vocal about stuff. But um, but yeah, it's like so from that kind of comes some some evocative music and and it's uh, you know, I, I like when folks can kind of take their passion and uh, mine it into creativity. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it, it's dope. So. All right. So and and from there, you know, and we we were um, we were going to talk about TV. But uh, one of the topics that Dave, you threw my direction was um, you wanted to talk about WWE and wrestling. Now, for folks that are, you know, because every podcast is somebody's first podcast, I'm not a huge, uh, I actually know what, what I would say is I'm a lapsed wrestling fan. Like, you know, I, mm. I was into it for a while, but 
I um I I kind of live vicariously through my friends and like the folks I do shows with. So you know, Dave is very much into the scene. Um, occasional co-host Killing Spree is obviously uh, you know like hate watching all of this stuff, and uh, and listener Nick is uh, super into wrestling. And you know, um, I would imagine we're going to have more um wrestling chat uh now that uh a friend of the show and proprietor of destiny city comics uh ethan hd i've uh um chatted with him and you know maybe we'll uh have him on uh from time to time to talk about uh talk about some of that wrestling because it's it's a world that i am endlessly fascinated by but for some reason i i still can't currently pulled the trigger like i thought i was going to watch smackdown when it first debuted on fox and then i let it pass and then i forgot about it then i forgot about it again i haven't watched a stitch of it but um the blacklist beat it in ratings god that show sucks i know that show sucks and i'm still watching it and it sucks Uh uh, but we'll I'm, get to that in a minute. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I'm getting ahead of myself because, like, yes. um, uh, so one of the things that that uh, Dave you wanted to talk about there there was like this huge event. But I know that like uh, listener Nick chimed in and you guys were were kind of going back and forth. So I, I'm just going to I'm just going to step back for a sec. I'm going to shut up for a sec. And and producer Dave, what's going on with the WWE? Take us there. Uh well, before I get into that, I, I, because you brought up wrestling as a whole, I do have to say that there are other options besides the WWE, and you're going to want to seek these out after I talk about this. And if you're not in the know of what's going on in the world of the WWE since last Thursday, I'll bring you up to speed here in a moment. But there's so many other options out there, like All Elite Wrestling, Wednesdays on TNT, uh, the, the NWA. Do you remember the NWA? Uh, not, not the rap group, but the wrestling company. No, uh, it, it was like WCW before it uh, before it became WCW. Basically, oh, okay, it was like cool. the, the the biggest company in the South for quite a while, and they toured around to all the territories, had their champion defend their belt in all the different territories back in those days. They're back on a YouTube only uh, thing, and they brought back what's called studio wrestling. It's all done in a studio. You, you remember seeing the. Uh, old interviews with Ric Flair at the desk and with Ooh, the yeah. background. Yeah. They brought that back for the old school wrestlers <laughs> Okay, with the current, with current guys. There's, there's impact wrestling, the former TNA that's on access TV now on Tuesday nights at 8 PM. There's so many other options out there. Why give your money to a company that abandons its wrestlers in a hostile foreign country? Good God, this company infuriates me to no end. And it, and it came to a head this past Thursday after the latest WWE crown jewel event emanating from the beautiful and progressive country of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and Muhammad Prince Muhammad bin Salim or however you say his fucking name. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> um, so here's what happened. Uh, WWE struck this deal with Saudi Arabia two years ago. It's a 10 year deal. They're supposed to do like one or two uh, events a year emanating from the country, basically as propaganda to show how progressive and how, how, the, of the people they are now instead of this horrible regime that murders people and slices up journalists mm-hmm. with bone saws. Hey, they finally but- had their first women's match in the country ever between Natalia and Lacey Evans, a former Marine, by the way. Okay. Had to be had to be clothed from head to toe, of course, because, you know, 
how they feel about women in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Hey, they, they let them drive rights. though. Were were the uh, were the uh, were the lady wrestlers allowed to drive to the event? Okay, this is dumb. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I, I'm dragging I, you I off doubt track. It. <laughs> that- I, no, I, that that's not a bad question. I doubt it. But <laughs> so they they had this event for lack of a better term, it went off without a hitch as okay. far as we knew at that time. Fast forward about ten hours later, when the when the crew was supposed to get on a plane and fly back to the U.S. to be back in time for a SmackDown in Buffalo less than 24 hours after this event happened. <sighs> Here's where the shit happens. Okay. <laughs> so there's various reports about all what happened. I've tried to uh, conglomerate them all into one handy little notepad document I have on here. So allegedly, the plane that was... Uh, supposed to charter these uh, these wrestlers to the event, all of a sudden came up with mechanical problems. So they were deplaned after being stuck in the tarmac for about six hours. After that happened, Vince McMahon, or actually Vince McMahon and about eight, ten other people flew back on their private jet. They took off with no problem. Hmm. A second charter plane was brought in to bring about 12 to, 12 to 15 more people. That got delayed. For unknown circumstances. Finally, finally everybody left. Uh, I'll get to the end here, but then I'll go back. Sure, Everyone sure. left after 24 hours of being in the country and a lot of reports coming out over what was going on. Almost everybody missed SmackDown that was supposed to be on the show, so they had to rewrite the show with uh, with their developmental territory guys. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and okay. a lot of people loved Loved the way it worked. I mean, it, it was it made for a decent show. I'm not going to dispute that. It was actually probably the best SmackDown since they've been on Fox. Wow. But then more more details started coming out. More more things started coming out about what precisely might have happened that caused all these delays in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay. So allegedly, <laughs> the, the the story goes, uh-huh. Vince McMahon apparently got into it with one of the uh, the Crown Prince's people about owed money for the past two shows. Apparently Saudi Arabia hadn't paid them yet. So Vince said, you know what? I'm not going to show this event. I'm holding in your country live to your people. Pull the plug on it. Whoa. (laughs) It it still went out live to the rest of the world, just not in Saudi Arabia. Oh my gosh. So... (laughs) So is Vince McMahon going to uh, declare war on the beautiful and uber progressive country of Redacted, and and not, their hospitality? Oh my gosh, it, I, I this is some scary stuff, worse. dude. It gets worse. <laughs> Tell me more. So, so Vince McMahon, after doing that, uh, uh, apparently the the crown. Someone, a representative of the Crown Prince, decided to forward $60 million, which wasn't the total that was said that was owed, but mm. it was good enough for him to put the pay-per-view back on on a 40-minute delay in the country. Okay. Fine. Vince left immediately after that happened mm. without without letting the people in the back know, letting the boys know, letting every anyone else know. Him, a couple producers, and his basically his inner circle left on their private jet. About three hours before the event ended. Wrestlers get to the airport, board the plane, nothing wrong. That's when all of a sudden they're saying, nope, you need to get off the plane, go back to your hotel. That's all they, that's all they were told. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people took that as, oh shit, what the hell happened? They didn't know at the time that Vince had left them either. 
which is just bad business in my in my opinion of a boss leaving your employees stuck in a very hostile territory yeah. especially after what allegedly had just happened between Vince and the Crown Princess people mm-hmm. hmm. so after all after all that <laughs> <laughs> How to get to my uh, my my notes closed? I mean, <laughs> a, a lot a lot happened in this twenty four hour time span. Clearly, well, so, well, Dave, one of the things that we were talking about, uh, you know, leading up to recording, and even as we were starting to uh, get ready to record, it was like there there was like drama when we first decided we wanted to talk about you know like the the crown jewel stuff. But then you're like, oh, no, there's been even more developing. And and then like, you know, like uh, an hour before. Oh, no, there's been even more that that uh, (laughs) that's developed. And even now, I guess it's still an ongoing developing story. So I guess now on a on Monday night as we're recording, um, it'll be interesting to see how how history uh, (laughs) remembers this event, because as we're recording now, it's kind of like a fixed moment in time. We don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen next but we we do kind of know some of the stuff that's that's happened since exactly uh so wrestlers started tweeting out people like uh um let me find the tweets here sorry <laughs> I, I had these all listed sure <laughs> god damn it there's there's been a lot that's happened them tweets though <laughs> yes so oh uh, a lot of people tweeting never going back again uh a lot of people tweeting uh oh actually one wrestler who I won't name here. You can find the tweet. I'm sure. Sure. Said pray- prayers needed. Uh, this is getting serious. Uh, a lot of people were pr- pretty much scared for the lives over there. Not a good situation to be left in, especially when you're supposed to be this goodwill ambassador type thing and propagandize this country as being heckin' progressive. Much happy now. Right. Yeah, it, it was just a bad situation. Like I said, long story short, 24 hours later, the the original charter flight. Takes off, lands in, in New York City. Everything's fine, right? Everyone made it back safe. Everything's fine, right? That was going to be my question. It's like, wait a sec. We're, we're deep Monday here. Are there still wrestlers over there? Do we need to send thoughts and prayers? Uh, but uh, but please continue. Yeah, thankfully, no. Everyone made it back uh, that went over there Saturday morning. Remember, the event was Thursday in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. Sure. They were supposed to be back Friday for SmackDown. Upon landing, more shit hit the fan <laughs> as all these reports started coming out about Vince leaving and about the money owed for the back things. And most wrestling fans like myself who are into this kind of stuff, like read the backstage reports and the dirt sheets, are thinking, hey, why the fuck would you want to be in business with these people if they're not paying you? Yeah. Cut the deal, end this. No. Not Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon would not do that. Not only did Vince McMahon not do that, he double fucking downed on this deal, and they extended the deal another three years. <laughs> but why, though? <laughs> okay. Not only that, and that was the first update with, oh my god, it got worse from earlier today. That was around, what, four or five o'clock uh, your time? Yeah. So, about an hour before we got on, I said another thing came out that made it even worse. Mm. <laughs> Vince McMahon decided to hold a talent meeting before Raw tonight, where he basically blamed the roster for generating uh, concern when there didn't need to be about their tweets and stuff regarding what was going on over in Saudi Arabia, where they were left by their boss. Hmm. The the quote-unquote 
new locker room leader Seth Rollins, who I tagged in a tweet earlier when uh, when talking with Nick on on Twitter, mm-hmm. did a little rah rah shish boom ba cheer rally and said, you know what? Let's not let's not tweet about everything that happens with this company in this country. Let's keep that all in house. Public doesn't need to know about this. Why the fuck would you want not want people to tell what's going on? Wow, how shady is that? <laughs> That's well. Wow. This fucking company, like I said, spend your money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If the WWE's gonna continue to do this, their their stock deserves to tank. Their stock has tanked the last month, by the way. Uh, it was up nearly seventy three dollars a share October seventh. It's down to almost under fifty dollars right now. It's at fifty three sixteen in a month. Wow. Uh, most of that drop off was as of last week. Hmm. Crazy. So, um, so one thing that that uh, listener Nick chimed in on about uh, forty minutes before we started uh, recording, um, he he pipes in and says. Uh, and you guys had several tweets back and forth. I'm not. I'm not going to read through all that. But but he says just skip the crown jewel stuff and get to the SmackDown talk. Is that yes. is, is this the stuff that you're referring to with like the talent meeting or like uh, oh, what's what's up no. with what's up with SmackDown? Oh no, that was uh, that was in lieu of everybody being trapped over there. Like I said, they brought in the NXT, which is the developmental territory. Oh, they brought in okay. their superstars. To basically fill in for SmackDown, they started a quote-unquote invasion angle for NXT to invade SmackDown, beat up all their superstars and stuff. It was actually really well done for an invasion angle. If you if yeah. you are a wrestling fan and you've seen one of these, yep, this yep. was probably the best one they've ever done. Hey, I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I had an NWO T-shirt when I was in high school, so it's like I, I'm I'm down for a good invasion. So that's yeah. So that's awesome. I I love that angle, but. The only reason that happened was because SmackDown, most almost every SmackDown super, superstar that was advertised was stuck either on a plane or in a hotel in the beautiful and progressive uh, country of Redacted <laughs> during this time, which means they lost out on a payday. They lost out on possibly furthering a storyline story for their stuff. Yeah. And they basically just hit reset for them. How is that fair to them? I'm, 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 I'm happy for the NST guys. I am. Sure. That, that they get the the showing on Fox on a cable or on a uh, network TV, but at the expense of the guys that you left behind. I, I don't. I I have mixed feelings on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is where I'm at with it. But no, I and me and Nick went back and forth, like you said, and I think everyone that knows what's going on, every all the fans that are insiders like us that are quote unquote smarks and marks, we're fed up with this stuff. I mean, yeah, WWE, get your fucking shit together. Hmm. I'll end on that. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so um, <sighs> so so that's kind of I mean, because like you know to loop it into our TV talk conversation that that was one of the things that we were kind of eagerly uh, oh. anticipating to see how that was going to go with SmackDown moving to Fox. And I tell you, reminder, what, reminder, yeah. Fox paid a billion dollars with a B for SmackDown. Vince just said, you know what? Let's keep our, our talent over there, not bring them home, not charter another plane yeah. for a show that you paid a billion dollars for. Think about that, Fox. Well, you know, and it's especially frustrating because, like, it, it, it to me, it feels like Fox is doing their part and their level best for uh, promoting it. Because like oh, they are. like again, <laughs> like the 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 we are all superstars uh, promos are freaking awesome. 
I just uh, I just watched one like last night where it's, it's an office environment. There's a dude with like an annoying clicky pen, and then like mm-hmm. this gal just gets fed up and clocks him with a folding chair to the back, and like the whole office just erupts into this battle royale, and it's freaking <laughs> awesome. So at the end of it, she's kind of doing like like the Becky Lynch, you know, kind of arms out, you know, and it's big mm-hmm. text, you know, we are all superstars. And and it's like that makes me want to watch it, and it's it's um, disappointing and frustrating that it sounds like the the product isn't matching up with the hype. It, it's not, and they have every capability to have it match that hype. They're their own worst enemy at this point. That's really that's that's what it boils down to. Whoa, those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. That's really frustrating. So, um, so yeah, so so let's uh, let's pivot from there and get into yep. uh, some of the shows that you know we we talked about and kind of highlighted uh, during our uh, fall TV preview episode. This is uh, you know obviously our our follow up to that. Yes. Where would you like to start? Uh, well, how about we start? Did you try to watch any of the ones that we pretty much had a hard pass on, like the uh, the Bob Hart Ivy Sholo or the uh, the Carol second chapter or whatever? Fuck that Scrubs two was called Negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> hard pass. Same. Thank God. Um, I will say though, there was a couple that I gave a chance to on NBC on Thursdays okay. that I wasn't sure if I was going to continue with, and I have. Perfect Harmony has surprised me. Okay. With how decent it is. I mean, it's good for what it is. It's sure. it's campy, it's wholesome, it's it's Anna Camp being Anna Camp. I, I enjoy it for what it is. I mean, uh this past week they had one where the I can't remember his name, Whit Whitley or Whitford. Uh, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. He basically did they did a Halloween episode mm-hmm. and he basically Came as a Chippendales dancer, and it was fuck. It was fucking funny okay. the way he was dancing around. Uh, it, it it was cute for what it is. Uh, same goes for Sunnyside on uh, on NBC on Thursday nights. It's not as preachy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, that was my main worry with this one. This was the uh, failed city councilman yep. turned immigration teacher, uh, starring Cal Penn. Yeah, and okay, so let let me let me kind of hit the brakes there a little bit because I think we okay. have our first disagreement of the show. It oh. it may or may not be our last. Time will tell. Okay. Um, I'm still reluctantly watching, but I was not impressed by this show. I um, it to me it feels as overacted as it is overwritten. I agree with you, Dave, that it's not nearly as preachy or pushing a, you know, uh, quote unquote SJW agenda or because uh, we, we were both really leery about like a immigration focused sitcom. And and there are some times where I feel it kind of tries to be too topical, but maybe that's just taste, my taste more than. Uh, more than anything else, but it it reminds me of uh, there was a show on CBS a couple uh, years ago uh, with Joel McHale called The Great Indoors. And, yes, I remember that one. And I, you know, it it was terrible, but I had a soft it spot was. for it. I kind of liked it. Uh, but the thing that that uh, why I think these shows are kind of similar in that the 
characters are so overblown and so um uh, the twins oh, are the best part of that show in my opinion the the rich the rich ones yeah it kind of works my nerve it's uh, it's i mean so, it, like, i mean like it was fun in that one spotlight episode where like the one friend was kind of taking advantage of of them for like a couple couple times but yep. i i feel like it's i don't know i mean it, we could we could crap on and on about it but it it's just like i i just um Maybe maybe it just feels too sitcommy for me. I okay. I um yeah, I I keep thinking that I'm in the market for sitcoms, but then um maybe I'm just not wired for sitcoms. So it might just be me. Um and and here's the thing too. I I'm a Cal Penn fan and yeah. I and I feel like he's swinging too hard. Um it, it's I don't know. I guess I was I was uh thinking that the humor was going to be a little more dry. But man, it's damp. <laughs> it's in your face, yeah. And I'm not going to deny that. And I understand where that viewpoint comes from. Yeah. It's it's a lot to take in from a lot of these characters because they're so diverse and so different. But at the same time, they all pull together, at least in my opinion, and make the show work. I if do, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And this would be something where, and and unfortunately, Dave, I didn't really look up uh what's been uh given like full season orders or um anything like that so i i don't know how this show is actually doing but i would be interested to see um if i check out which i haven't yet again i'm still watching but just to see if a show like this can sustain for like a season or two and if it ends up kind of uh finding its footing um well uh uh, did you want, did you have any more on this one? Because nope. I, I have a good nope. pivot point from this one. Because cool. I I have one that's right along that lines where I don't think it's going to last more than the season as much as I like it. Okay, and it's one of the ones that we were both very hyped for at the beginning. Yes, and I hate to say it, Stumptown has the Whiskey Cavalier feel to me. It's going to be one and done. Yeah, you know I, I... don't want it to. <laughs> well, I I will say and and great pivot point by the way. I um. Um, a couple things to say on it. One, um, it has received a full season order mm-hmm. for what that's worth. Um, I so I, whiskey. I re- <laughs> really. Oh, yeah, well, it, it was a full season. Oh, oh man, I I feel <laughs> bad for you. You had to watch like twenty episodes of that. Good God. Anyway, so I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but but no, you're you're absolutely right because it does it. I do like it. We're watching it. We enjoy mm-hmm. it. But this was my uh, bona fide lock of the year, and it's not that. It's no. it's fun, and and I, I and I really like the the analogy you're making with Whiskey Cavalier because, like, really, if if what Stumptown is, what uh, Whiskey Cavalier should have been. We'd probably be having different conversations now because um, the the thing that you know when when we were talking about um, Sunnyside a moment ago, one of one of the uh, uh, phrases I used was overwritten, and I feel Stumptown kind of falls into that also, but it's a different kind of overwritten. To me, it it's um, to me it feels like what comic book. Um, adaptations felt like 15 years ago where it feels very comic booky 
even though it's not superheroes or anything, but it has like a comic book storytelling style sensibilities, which okay. I, I can I can smell it on there. It kind of hangs like a musk and not necessarily in a good way. Um, I think that uh, Kobe Smothers is very good. Smolders, Jesus Christ. I even practiced <laughs> that too. Here's the deal. Okay, and I'm glad we brought this up. I have a good friend of mine whose name is Corey Smothers. You know, he used, oh. to, he used to be in Flicker and Fade and These Young Fools. Now he's doing mm. his own solo project, uh, Disco Nonsense. Go check it out. Plug time. But anyway, right. so <laughs> I, I re-listened to the episode when, when you and I were talking about Stumptown, and I could not get that nice lady's name to save my life, and I think that's why. I think I'm getting uh, Colby Smulders and Corey Smothers mixed up. And it's, and it's like, I can't, I can't extricate them. So, <laughs> so it's like, you have to think about, okay, smolders, and, smolders, and, smolders. <laughs> and you know, I, I would be interested when I go back and edit to, to listen. Cause I think there was like a quarter second hesitation too. And I still fucked it up. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> anyway, um, anyway, she's but, really good in it. I think she is. Um, um, my take on this is, it feels like they know they're a one and done and they're kind of speeding through things. Well, and keep in mind that the, uh, you know, we, we, one of the things we talked about previously is that it's based on a comic book. Now, there's mm-hmm. only so many comics. There's only like four collected edition graphic novels. So there's only like ah. maybe like 16 issues worth of, uh, worth of comics. And, and, and that was intentional. Basically, the, the uh, writer and artist, um, that that's kind of what that's kind of what they were doing with it at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And again, this was like, you know, six, seven years ago, maybe more uh, a while ago. Um, right. And and incidentally, side tangent, since I've already uh, tangented, um, I had the opportunity to uh, briefly chat with uh, Matt Southworth, who was at uh, Jet City Comic Show. Um, he is the artist and co-creator of uh, Stumptown, and um, I I didn't. I didn't get a recorded interview with him because like I, I was having some issues with my recorder. Um, you know, see, listen to last week's episode for a cautionary tale. Uh, um, <laughs> erase your, your data cards, kids, before you go to a convention and think you're going to record interviews. Anyway, I, yes. so I had kind of like a, a nice off the record conversation with him and I, I was just, um, you know, asking him how he likes the show. He likes it quite a bit. He he feels that it's, you know, it, it's a faithful enough adaptation, you know, kind of said with like a, a polite wink and a nod. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he digs it. Um, and uh, one thing when when you watch the credits now. In in these a lot of these comic book adaptations, um, you know, the the lore is littered with cautionary tales of uh, creators that get screwed. Like, mm. uh, like, for example, the the guy that um, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I feel terrible. But the the guy that created uh, Rocket Raccoon for Marvel, along with a whole oh. bunch of other of their uh, cosmic characters, he was like in a like a hit and run car accident a um, few years ago. This was like post Guardians one. And oh. basically, like, it's like, um yeah, he had to get like all this like extra uh, financial assistance from like you know donors and friends and things like that because basically, 
when you work for like the big comic book companies, you don't you don't necessarily get paid. So like the folks that I mean, so like the people that actually make the comic books aren't getting paid from these Marvel movies. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's all, it's all the licensing and things like that. But this is a very long way for me to say that like, um, contemporary creators are, um, through their agents and folks advocating for them are getting their name on the show as like, you know, executive producers or associate producers, you know, so, so Matt Southworth has a production credit on the show. So, nice. so he's got a, he's got a stake in it, um, you know, in, in a way that I think creators probably weren't getting that kind of credit. And, and even now, like you, you look at those, uh, uh, Marvel movies and if like your name isn't Stan Lee or Joe Quesada, um, you're, you're really, or, you know, you're really not, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not, so well, basically. Yeah, you're not really sharing in that in that revenue. Even somebody as prolific as Brian Michael Bendis, you know, uh, yeah. who created a lot of like the the contemporary Spider-Man universe that we know and and uh, things like that. You know, it's like uh, you, you got to get your name on the movie. <laughs> um, otherwise, right. you're not gonna, <laughs> that's a very long way of saying that. Yeah, the the creators, um, you know, are, are pleased with what it's doing and that it's you know, it's a thing that exists. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I Dave, I don't know if I disagree with you. It might be one and done, and if it is one and done, I would be okay with that also because um, not everything needs to be like a farther-reaching narrative. Um, I right. I kind of like spending this time with the characters, but if they were to you know go away, I I'd be kind of okay with that. I I'm not going to go so far as to say that I'm disappointed with Stumptown, but I, by the same token, I I was um. I, I guess in a sense, now that we're talking about, it, I don't know what I was expecting because it really is kind of what we were talking about. It's it's fun. It's light. Um, mm-hmm. The the character interactions is is um, is a lot of fun. And yeah. um, so I'm I'm getting I'm getting what I want out of it. But yeah, it feels very comic booky at times, and I, I think sometimes to its uh, to its detriment. Uh, do we want to stay on ABC here? And uh, are you still on the uh, mil- million little things train? I am, but I I will confess that my enthusiasm has cooled. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's fine. Um, it it feels like I don't know. It, it feels like, especially with the um, uh, more recent episode, it feels like we're really kind of trying to double and triple down on um not just grief porn but mm-hmm. also um elaborate mysteries this is a show that does not need mysteries it's a show about relationships and friendships and dealing with loss and how you move on and 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 we've talked about this before so i'm probably repeating myself but i again i just i i don't like the mystery elements yeah um and I, I, you know, it, it's still, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this needs to be a meme, but like there's, I, I keep waiting for, um, uh, whenever a situation gets mildly heated, 
that uh, that Grace Park's character uh, goes for uh, goes for luggage because she, yeah. she's done that like three times now, and, and it's like during the during a um, I think it's the most recent episode um, where like you know they're they're hanging out and meeting the new baby and all that, and she like goes goes uh, uh, into the kitchen and I, she has this look on her face like where's my luggage. <laughs> I'm yeah. about to bounce. <laughs> I'm about to bounce. But yeah, I mean, it's again, it's fine. But for but for some reason, um, I was going to say that I can't put my finger on it, but maybe I did just put my finger on it. But it's yeah, it, like I said, my my enthusiasm is cooled. How how about how about you? What uh what are your feelings on this uh um the expansion of the world and kind of how uh this uh this new season of a million little things is playing out. I'm still intrigued by it with the uh, with the addition of uh, of Jason Ritter's character being pos- in their eyes possibly a son of John. We all know he's not, obviously, but I- I'm wanting to see how they're going to work that in and how they're going to work in John's friend being the dad and and John's relationship to everything that happened. Like I said, when they brought in the 9/11 element, I I didn't think they were reaching. I thought that was something because it hadn't been done before. I kind of thought it was a smart move yeah. because it was a way to go to that subject that hasn't been approached in a, in a drama or a TV show before. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I mean, that, that's yeah. something that we mildly disagree on, but I, I totally take your point. Yeah. Uh, I like you though. I don't like the whole mystery thing so much. Like you said, it's about relationships. It's about coping with loss, coping with grief. I thought the Maggie storyline with Eric was very actually very well done yes because i could see that being a realistic thing like hey the mom trying to hold on to a piece of her son knowing that her son's heart is in this guy yeah that that got the transplant because her son died and choking up a little bit thinking about that because mm-hmm. that's that that hits that hits a, a heartstring for sure sure but Yo, go ahead. And, and, well, and it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, yes, do more this. Exactly. This is yeah. why I'm here. This is why I'm here. I, I don't I don't need an elaborate mystery. But I and it was one thing like uh, Lucky and I were watching and there was there was like uh, when uh, Maggie and I think the character's name is Eric. Uh, Eric. Yep. Yeah. OK. Yep. So so they're just having a quiet moment in the bar and I just kind of like look and I'm like. Jesus Christ, he looks like his dad. And, and Lucky kind of like cocks her head a little bit. She's like, what? I'm like, that's John Ritter's kid. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And from that point forward, she couldn't unsee it because she's like, oh, my God, you're right. Yep. And so, yeah. And, and that, in in a weird way, kind of kind of tugs on that heartstring in a different way as well. It does. Um, it does. It's, I, I wonder how deliberate that casting is because it friggin' works. Well, if you follow the creator on the on Twitter or not, he talks a lot about like the the inspirations for each show. Oh. I'm sure he's tweeted something about that. <laughs> Interesting. I I may have. I, I'm not following him. I I should probably uh, do that. Yeah, um, he actually mentioned um, that there was an episode a couple weeks ago. I want to say where uh, um, the the little boy Catherine and I I can't remember her husband's name right Eddie. now. Eddie. Yep. Uh, their son was playing the ukulele, and I guess he just saw the kid playing the ukulele, singing that song yeah. Offset one day. He's like, "I have to include that in the show. Let's work this in somehow." Like, like he gets inspiration like that just randomly yeah. from the from these people, and that's pretty awesome how he does that. Uh, yeah. DJ Nash, I believe is his name. 
Okay, very good. I I will yeah, look that up offline for <laughs> sure. And and yeah, what what a what a heart wrenching moment that was. Also, um, so it really was staying on staying on this topic. Yeah, and this is an unpopular opinion. I'm pretty sure if you if you want to at me at Sanders D eighty four, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Catherine doesn't look in the best light here. Yeah, in this whole scenario. I, I don't like the way she's being portrayed. I, I understand why they're going the direction they are to try to keep the family together, try and forgive and all that. But Eddie did a f- fucking horrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and really, I and I I agree with you, Dave, because I think they they've taken what was a powerful, empowered character and really stripped away any agency that she has. And, yeah. and it's a real shame. I think if any character is being disserviced this season, it's 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 definitely a, a Grace Park's Catherine, and that's uh, and that's a bummer because she's she's really good. Um, she is. But yeah, it's like, and I think it's one of those things where um, I I don't uh, maybe they just have too many characters, too many plot lines, too many threads, too many plate spinning. To where you know when you have a large ensemble cast, um, inevitably somebody gets left in the cold, and maybe that's kind of what they're doing because, like you know, the thing where like she goes back to the office and um, chats up her assistant, and mm-hmm. apparently she's been gone for a period of time, and and it's like none of it none of it rings true. It all feels very disingenuous. So it's like, oh yeah, so so now so now let's sit in the office over uh uh cappuccinos and spill the hot goss. You know, it's like, you know, I just I don't know for whatever reason that all just felt um very inauthentic to what that character is supposed to be. Now, yeah. I don't know what I want uh, plot wise, um, in terms of what, what they could possibly do, because it's, it's, it is really an impossible situation. And I, and maybe that's what the show is meant to do is, is to show an impossible situation. And you know, what, what we, as the viewers extract from that, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but but I, I do feel that the character is being underserved and it's and it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of folks are, you know, getting some getting some primo uh, screen time and a lot of a lot of uh, storytelling meat on the bone. So now I, I will say the last couple weeks they have built that story with Catherine a little bit, but it's at the same time having her take care of the baby that her husband had with another woman while they go chase uh, Gary's dog and try and find him like that. That actually made me cringe when that when that happened. I'm like, ooh, it, it's, I don't know about that. <laughs> see, and and I think maybe in, in in touching on that, you're kind of you're kind of uh um touching on what kind of sort of my issue with with the latter part of season one and now into season two is like everything is just escalated. Everything is just turned up. It's like mm-hmm. if there's a knob, let's crank it. And right. it's like, you know, in this case, like, you know, if we're going to create a cringy situation, let's let's make it as uncomfortable for the audience as possible. Because, yeah, I agree with you that that was incredibly uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. and again, it's like, I mean, it, it's a grief porn show. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's how we're supposed to feel. Um, maybe uh, so, but that, that yeah, scene in know. the park, though, I, I don't know that that was like, I don't think that was needed. Yeah. For I, character development in any way. Agreed. 
But yeah, um, speaking of character development, uh-huh. uh, let's let's stay on ABC still and sure. uh, your favorite show from last year and one that I absolutely fucking love. Yeah, uh, Nathan Fillion and the Rookie. Good lord, they've stepped it up this year. <laughs> yeah, and and really in a way that neither one of us really kind of anticipated. Um, no. You know, it's like there, there's, you know, uh, existing characters are getting expanded arcs. Uh, new characters are being developed. Uh, the, the show feels bigger. It does. And I like that, but it does. It hasn't really lost uh, what made us like it so much last season. Um, I, I so, will say just just one weird catty thing. I don't know uh, what kind of diet Nathan Fillion is on, but it <laughs> looks like he's dropped a lot of weight during the off season, and yeah. and I don't know. I have like this this weird thing. I'm mean, incredible crippling vanity or whatever. But like when when people lose a lot of weight, their face gets like weirdly gaunt. And you could see like these weird, like you know, like face creases and stuff. It always creeps me out. Like the like there was a dude, there was a dude on a um, NCIS a number of years ago. He like uh, yeah did one of those screamo diets where you know he he uh, comes back like half the size he used to be, and like there there's just. God, I sound terrible, but basically, there's something in like the <laughs> face and the neck that just isn't quite right. And right. it's so funny because I mean, you know, anybody that knows me, I'm, you know, I, I've, I've got quite the 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 tonnage on me. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not what I would say a fit person. But I, I think subconsciously, and I'm just kind of sharing this all for the world for whatever reason. I, I'm kind of afraid to do like one of those scary weight loss things where you lose like sixty pounds in a month because yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to get like a a weird. I I don't want my face and neck to get weird. Is right. more or less what I'm saying. <laughs> and I feel like Nathan Fillion this season kind of has some of that a little bit. I don't I don't know what's up. He looks leathery. Anyway, now uh, please continue. Uh, how, how do you feel about the? Uh, I, I almost want to say Brooklyn Nine Nine style cold opens for these shows. I love where it. there's like a a random kind of comedic situation that they find themselves like the in. bees <laughs> no i i think it's great i think um especially with a show that walks the line between um gritty drama and with moments of levity because it, it's not funny it's not a comedy it's not it's not brooklyn 99 but no. it's not without levity which is what what i love about it but i think that kind of like um I don't know, puts the audience at ease in in a way, you know, it kind of starts you off in a fun, good mood so that like, you know, when you're going to like a crime scene and there's like a triple murder or mm. or something like that, you know, where like, oh, later in this episode, a uh, child is going to accidentally shoot his mother and she's going oh. to spoilers totally die. Um, yeah. You know, so so if you have like, you know, uh, uh, them being chased by bees in the cold open, it, it kind of <laughs> it, it totally works. And, and I, I love it. I think it's a great addition. And one of the things that we've talked about before with uh, in reference to other shows is. I, I feel like the um the the um uh logo and imaging is kind of weaponized almost where it's like yeah. you know like the cold open ends you see the rookie you hear the music and that and then you know it transition transitions into the show I I like it How do you like the uh the new training officer for uh 
Perfilian character. Uh, she's she's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, um, I mean, I, I I like the character fine. I I, I suppose. Um, I know you haven't seen the 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 one from at this point last night. Uh, yeah, because a lot, we're, we're, it, a we're lot rec- is answered. We're recording on oh. Monday, um, and yeah, yeah I, I keep forgetting that the show comes on on Sunday. So yeah, I'll probably end up watching it on Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, so I am an episode behind. But so so uh, you- I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, possibly on your next episode, because uh, a a lot of things happened okay. last night. Uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, some some of the plots aren't working for me as much as, as others, but but that's that's okay. Like, um, I mean, again, the the whole thing with uh, Nathan Fillion and and his house that he's demolishing and rebuilding, and and yes. you know his his uh, you know kind of uh, kind of faux pas with the girlfriend and all that. It's just yeah, I mean, it, it's Who? it's fine. Who I still don't trust, and last night's episode didn't uh, didn't touch on that at all. But I I don't trust her. I I, I have a feeling that's going to be a season two, like end of season bombshell thing with her. I don't I can't place my finger on what exactly, but yeah. I think there's something nefarious about her. So I mean, so we're so are you thinking like a like a Nina Meyer situation here, or like like that level of like there's a mole in the CTU? Somebody called Jack Bauer and. That kind of thing, or well, she hasn't opened a socket yet, so I think we're fine <laughs> as far as that. But that's, no, I, I think that she's uh, yes, I, I think she's dirty. Okay, even for Homeland Security, that's that's my feel from her, especially the first few episodes this season. I got that feeling off her right okay. away. I don't know if that's an accurate read, but that's how I'm feeling. Very good. Well, yeah, we'll uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. I, I, but again, I, I like it, and for um, it, it's still the show that I eagerly look forward to. So when I see it on my DVR, I'm like, woo, rookie. So yeah, so it, it's still it, it's. I, I will say it's lost a little bit of its fizz, but I think it's just because it's a second season, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I do like what they're doing with West, even though it's pretty oh, like yeah. you could see it coming a mile away. What it is, but this overconfident son of a uh, of um, what the top cops in in the uh, in the department failing and falling on his face. I, I, you can see that coming a mile away. I think they're still doing it very well. I agree, and and I like that they're they're taking the characters that we got to know uh, last season and 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 kind of tweaking them a little bit cuz yeah you know when when you first meet west you know he's very straight laced and now this season it's like he he's he's getting more mature and starting to see the world in shades of gray as opposed to the black and white that he was uh that he was raised with mm-hmm. and Brad, Bradford's still my favorite character though on the, uh, on the character outside of uh, outside of Nolan <laughs> Yeah, Bradford's the best <laughs> by far. Well, and and again, that that's um, that's another uh, example of great character depth. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're they're adding these things to where it's like w- when you start piecing together these revelations, like the fact, like you know, like he he learns by listening. You know, he's like yep. that style learner and stuff. It's like that's 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 not really like uh cheap or reaching too far it's it's one of those things that it makes me almost want to go back and watch the first season and see if there's like clues there 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, that it's cool when you can add a slight wrinkle to somebody's character development and it makes you kind of rethink them, but without breaking them. I mean, that, that, yes. that revelation doesn't, doesn't break him as a character to where it's like, ah, oh, this doesn't fit. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, and again, I, I do like the characterization. So that's, uh, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, I will mention what my, like must see can't miss thing yeah. also fizzled out uh i haven't watched an episode of evil since the second episode i i fell off that train real fast <laughs> wow okay so <laughs> we we have reached another disagreement i need like a special sounder or a bell Ooh. or a something because this was your padlock show it was yeah and i walked into it very reluctantly but it was like i mean i if i remember correctly that's kind of the deal we made with each other is like you know if you watch Stumptown, i'll watch evil you know that that yeah. kind of thing and i dig it dude um it's and and i can't exactly explain why because it's exactly what i thought it was going to be you know it, it it's it's the x files but mm-hmm. instead of like you know aliens and weird conspiracies it's you know it's religious yeah it's <laughs> it's it's da vinci code by way of x files and yeah. um i was kind of harsh on michael coulter's uh, performance i mean i think he's like the least interesting part of uh, of luke cage um right. which is kind of a problem <laughs> when when you know the the titular uh, character and actor is the least interesting part of their self titled show, but um, right. <laughs> but he's fine. Um, I I find him, uh, you know, charming and magnetic, and and I I like that the gal whose name I can't remember. Yeah, um, but, I can't either. But but. I, I was expecting her to be kind of like this, you know, kind of Dana Scully uh, archetype, mm-hmm. and she's kind of not. Um, no. I think the thing that kind of kind of threw me for a loop is, you know, her relationship with uh, with the daughters, with the with these uh, with the young girls, and it's like, and I I think the show kind of needs that. It's like you know, she's not she's not a total hard ass, um, but she's not you know ditzy or waifish either um mm-hmm. and and there's there's something about i i this is going to sound really weird but something in kind of like her lack of characterization that i kind of find weirdly interesting and it makes me want to know more about the character um like i said that that's really weird um thinking yeah. but it's like I, I don't know. Like like I said, I kind of dig it in a, in a way that um, it, it's not at the top of my list. It's not at the bottom of my list. It's, it's you know, firm middle, but we're still watching it. I, I think for me, it was there's so much on Thursdays that we watch because we have like pretty much all of the NBC lineup outside of one show. There's a bunch on ABC that we watch stuff on Fox that we watch, but uh, with football and everything, but it just kind of got lost in the shuffle with me after the sure. second episode. And I forgot to set my DVR. Sure. <laughs> Full disclosure. I forgot that. <laughs> and I may go back and watch it after the season's over and just like binge it. It seemed fine for the first couple episodes. It just didn't like, it wasn't must see for me. 
yeah. after that. And and even as somebody that's saying that I'm still watching it, I agree with you. I, I I'm not gonna push it on you. I, I can't mm-hmm. heart sell it, but it's like but it it was a surprise for me. I was like, yeah. I because I I kind of went into it with a little bit of a chip on my shoulders. I'm like um, I was thinking this was going to be a hard pass, but this was the one that Dave was intrigued in. So I'm like, by contractual obligation, I guess <laughs> I'll watch it. And then I was I like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of okay. And you that, know, that sounds like last year with a million little things because <laughs> you were a hard pass on that too. It's true, it's true. <laughs> so, so in a sense, Dave's picks. I mean, for at least for for me for watching, you're two for two. I am, and I'm two for two with yours because I watched Stumptown, loved that for what it is. Last year, the rookie, I was yeah already intrigued enough, but then you selling it, it's like okay, I gotta <laughs> check this out. This, this looks this this has got to be something special. Yeah, and it was. So I mean, it works out. So listen to us, people. That's it, what it we're trying to say. A, it seems that way. <laughs> I, I like that we can sell each other on uh, on stuff. <laughs> Yes. Um, where do we wait? Oh, actually, I did have a question for you on yes. NBC since we're still on Thursdays. Uh, were you a good place watcher? No. Oh. I, I think I'm going to end up binging it once it's all done, I think. I would highly recommend that because this is probably one of the best shows on TV today. Wow. High praise. High praise it from is. producer Dave. That there's so many twists and turns, you'll think it's 24. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not joking. Oh either. There's gosh. so many twists and turns in this. <laughs> But they're, they make sense as they go along because mm-hmm. there's so much going on that you have to pay attention to every little detail. Hmm. And plus, the actors make it all work. Like There's only, and, and I know this sounds bad after everything I just said about it. Yeah. The chemistry between Kristen Bell and, uh, and her love interest on the show, I don't see it. I haven't seen it all, all four seasons. I don't understand it. That's about the only knock I have on the show. And when you watch the show, you'll, you'll, you may understand, you may agree with me on that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've heard nothing but high praise for it. Um, Cause I think it was one of those shows where folks didn't quite know what to make of it. Um, so I think a lot of people slept on <laughs> it and then it's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, it gets really good. in you know, season, whatever. And, you know, I think like when some of like the larger twists have uh, have have come into place there. But but yeah, I mean, oh, it, no, there's twists in the first season, like fourth episode. Wow. There, that's when the twists start. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So definitely on my list uh, uh, to check out uh, um, further down the road. OK. Um. There's another one that mm. I didn't think I like as much as I do. I probably shouldn't, mm-hmm. but um, almost family. I don't know why I like the show the way I do, and I feel bad for liking it. <laughs> okay, so um, so this was one that um, we ended up talking about at home, and we mutually agreed to pass on it. More or less, Lucky wanted nothing to do with it, so I was just like, gotcha. "It's like, well, I don't want to watch it that badly that I'm going to try to watch it by myself." Pff, off it goes. So, so tell me a little bit. So Almost Family is about a doctor that basically used his special sauce to create babies for those that needed it instead mm-hmm. of, you know, acquiring multiple people, m- multiple people's special sauce to create the genetic, like, perfections mm-hmm. and stuff. Basically, he's the father of about, I want to say 60, 70 people at least. And 
he runs a fertility clinic. It was supposed to be passed down to his daughter, his actual daughter, not sperm donor daughter. And all these people come out of the woodworks and they're trying to figure out how to move through litigation. She finds out that she has like a couple, she knows that two of the people that are definitely from his uh, samples, mm-hmm. they all pull together and try and work together to help him out, even though they shouldn't. Oh. It, it's it's an interesting concept, interesting enough to hold my attention. This is another one I think is one and done, though. Interesting. And, and the reality of it sounds uh, quite a bit different from what we were speculating about. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think one of the things that I, I speculated that basically they would meet somebody new every week. You know, that, that, now, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, so far that hasn't happened. Uh, it's basically stopped at the three main characters, which the, the main daughter and then the two that came from his, his, uh, his samples. And they're f- fixating on them. Now, I could see them expanding that if they got a second season. Ah, okay. I just don't see them getting that section, second season. Fair enough. That uh, that seems fair. Hmm. Um, uh, worth worth, ch- one, uh, oh, worth checking out. Worth checking out. I I would if it's one of those you're either gonna like it or you're not gonna like it. And you're gonna turn it off in five minutes. Fair. It's one of those kind of shows. Okay. Um, nine one one is killing it again with their campiness because <laughs> good God, Ronda Rousey tsunamis. It it has everything you want. It has sharks. <laughs> it has explosions. <laughs> It has Halloween episodes where crazy shit happens. Night One One is probably one of the best campy TV shows on today. <laughs> so, and and one of the one of the revelations that we talked about during our fall TV uh, preview episodes was I I had no idea that that's what this show was. Um, mm-hmm. So it's intriguing. I I haven't watched it, and honestly, I probably won't. But uh, no. but um, so but let me ask you this because like talking about the camp factor is, is this kind of like a uh modern day Baywatch that that kind of thing? I could see that comparison. Yeah, I, I would compare it to that. It's it's one of those shows where the the realm of reality is there, mm-hmm. but they step one step above it at times. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Sure. (laughs) So, uh, but maybe not as delightfully trashy as, uh, as Baywatch that, that kind of thing. They, they they try and take themselves seriously, Ah. but I don't know why, why anymore? Because at this point they shouldn't. Fair (laughs) enough. They should just lean into the camp and lean into the, the, uh, the audacity of everything. (laughs) Gotcha. Because I, I think that's something to the show's detriment that it, it doesn't, um, because like it's interesting like the the advertisements the the commercials still make it they're presenting it as a very uh earnest serious show you know it's like the the commercials for like you know like the the um uh tsunami tidal wave or whatever mm-hmm. looks looks just as dead serious as whatever is going on in Chicago that that particular uh, week where it's like this is serious nine one one and it's like it's like you know I I think if they would you know just kind of find a way to tweak the marketing a little better maybe they would uh, be able to connect with an audience that that doesn't even know that that's what the show is. Well, let let me just give you an example. This past week was their annual Halloween special, which uh, have been fantastic the, the first couple seasons. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. Uh, last year, basically, they had a, a group of the firefighters and paramedics going around removing people's junk from from random things they stuck it in uh throughout the night and it it just got weirder as it went along one guy got stuck in a toaster one guy got stuck in like uh, one of those 
uh, flashlight things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was weird. But this year, so there was a woman who was driving. She got distracted for a second, hit a guy, like bashed her head on the steering wheel, had a huge knot on her head. Uh-huh. Guys, Guy comes through the windshield, like his head's all the way through the windshield, but his body's on the outside of the car. She gets out, looks at the car. She's concussed, obviously. Sure. She like shrugs, get back, gets back in, and drives off with the guy still in in her uh, windshield. Okay. Drives home, parks the car in the garage, gets inside, go goes inside, goes to bed, comes back out the next morning, still has a knot on her head. Gets back in, screams. Then she's like, "Oh, I forgot my list," and then goes back inside. <laughs> still doesn't reckon, still doesn't realize there's a dead body in her in her windshield. Oh comes back gosh. out, drives to work, <laughs> and then there's a family going around because another person had like a fake arm hanging out of their trunk for Halloween as a as a decoration. Sure, They're like, oh, look at that, ha 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 ha. And then she pulls up with the dead body, and he like twitches his leg. Somehow, still alive at this point. Almost 13, 14 hours later. <laughs> Massive blood loss, of course. Of course. And they're like, um, I don't think that's a decoration. And then they call 911. Can't find her. A- at the end of the show, they eventually find her. They're like, uh, ma'am, that's a real dead body. She's like, oh, okay. And then walks off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, that, that's bonkers crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, like I said, it, it, the camp factor is set to 11, and I am here for it. Sure. Very good. Who is next? All right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see what's on Tuesdays. Oh, so my shock, my surprise of the year, I probably won't get agreed with. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Emergence has my attention. Okay. I, I Have you watched it? No, no. And I, I still don't see anything that looks like it's for me. It looks like it's discount X-Men. Um. And I'm not really in the market for a discount X-Men show, but um, uh, tell me why it's talking to you. For some reason, this appeals to me, and it shouldn't. Um, It has Donald Faison in it, uh, Turk from Scrubs. That's one reason I watched it, because I'm a fan of his. You were two for two with your uh, Scrubs alumni there. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I see. I I just... It's interesting. The girl basically was created in a lab, and... She has these powers, but she doesn't know she has these powers. At least that's what we're led to believe through this first half of the season. Uh, it's a small town, so people talk, of course. There's a plane crash that got cleaned up in like two hours, which is unbelievable. There's It's a lot of like government secrecy type stuff. So I, I don't know if X-Men is more the the comparison, but almost X-Files again I just, in this one. I just see her grabbing remotes with her, eye, uh, with her mind. I, I see a I see a lot of telekinesis going on. There is and I don't some need it. like she she can stop things just randomly, but it only happens when she gets like overly overwhelmed. I, I guess I would would be the best way to describe it. She can do things, but I don't think she can control how she does them yet. Ah, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes total sense. Very and cool. then there's a couple other subplots that hold my interest. Uh, if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking uh-huh, about. Uh-huh. It's not for everybody, and this is probably another one and done, but I'm here for the ride while it's here. Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like, say, like, I don't know, like Manifest or something like that, where it's... Kind of like that, yeah. Yeah. All right. Because I... Actually, that 
uh, that got renewed for for a third season. It looks like or a second Ooh, nice. season. So um, I still haven't watched that yet. I need to. I think. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it, but but that uh, that's just me. So um, okay, let's see. So we so we've been kind of bouncing around from uh, like networks and days at mm-hmm. this point. So um, a couple things I wanted to mention just on on my side, um, you know. So we we talked about kind of the the NCIS Empire over on yep. uh, on CBS, and um, all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's all of them. I mean, it's like so. Um, we still watch the New Orleans one. It's fine, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's Scott Bakula trying to do a a vague Cajun accent to varying degrees of success. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, it's um, but the the two I wanted to talk about is uh NCIS Los Angeles. Now mm-hmm. we we put a lot of build up on this because all shows should be Jag, and so yes, for the for the um you know season premiere they they brought in uh um a couple familiar faces. And and uh, producer Dave, did you happen to watch NCIS uh, Los Angeles for the the almost Jag reunion? Th- this was the first and only still episode of NCIS LA I've ever watched. Yeah. And I, when they embraced, I marked out like I was a nine year old wrestling fan. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> it was pretty dope. That it was it was it very was. sweet. It was very sweet. But what? fuck happened to harm oh my god he looks horrible yeah he, uh, he uh he swallowed all of the bees and they he stung did. him it's like i feel bad for him like i mean yeah maybe he needs to go hang out with nathan fillion or or something like that or that that's terrible fucking cat so that's, uh that's so yeah just, so what, well, what they i keep said putting to him in those, we in, wa- they kept putting him in those snug sweatshirts too and i'm like stop doing uh, that yes yes <laughs> so, he's got a tummy full of bees <laughs> <laughs> so when me and becky watched this i looked over to her i'm like you know what this this could lead to have harm be promoted to admiral yeah. have him take over as the lead jag have have bud and harriet's son follow in their mom and dad's footsteps be a jag lawyer new jag i'm there for it i'm there for it and and i think there's (laughs) i think there's a a a lot of like-minded folks as well that that would be down for that or maybe we're just a couple of old crustos that can't let go i don't know i haven't decided which is which but but what i will say is that we um we set our dvr to where it would continue to record nzis los angeles Oh no! And we watched two more episodes of that, and it took me a while to realize, oh, oh, those Jag people aren't coming back. They they packed their yeah. stuff and they left, and it's just like, and we dropped it like a hot potato. It's just mm-hmm. like, um, and because you know, it's it's eleven seasons in, so it's like we don't yep. know any of the characters, we don't know any of the dynamics. And there, there's just nothing there for us because it looks like it's more of the same just with these different characters that we don't know. So so it was an easy pass for us. But, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it took us a couple couple episodes <laughs> to realize that's what it was because they from a programming standpoint, they did a great job of like, you know, like the following episode kind of spun out of that case that that the yeah. that the former jag folks were helping on it's like you know it's like the 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 main boss is like oh well you know you you guys still need to stay here um in in durkadurkistan or wherever they were and <laughs> and you know cuz there there's still more stuff to do so they have they have like another adventure 
um, you yeah. know, with regards to like, you know, like the, these missiles and all, all this other kind of stuff that that I could not be bothered to be engaged with. But um, so, yeah, so that was an easy pass. And uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was regular flavor NCIS. I made a bold prediction that because like it had a return of a fan favorite character and I predicted that by like episode three of the new season, uh, fan favorite character would be, you know, kind of back in the mix as if no time has passed. That has not come to pass. So very, uh. very similar to the NCIS Los Angeles that this appears to be bringing a uh, coat de Pablo back as Ziva David appears to be uh, a season premiere stunting. And yeah. which is fine, but I I I found I, I think they stretched it out over two episodes, maybe a third one. I I don't remember, but but it it's especially frustrating because they they basically killed her character off. Granted, off screen, uh-huh. but it's like yeah, no, she did. Uh, she was like in this you know horrific house fire. Um, blah, blah, blah. And basically the, the character returns after several years of being dead with a chip on her shoulders that, that nobody went looking for her. So she's Tony Almeida basically. Yeah. And it's, it's, (laughs) well, yeah. I mean, speaking of people that aren't on that show, but yeah, no, it's so, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and that's the thing too. So like they're having like phone one-sided phone conversations with michael weatherly's tony you know um his uh his uh his character and it's just Mm -hmm. like it was just lame i just i i i i'm not gonna say i'm hate watching ncis anymore but it's just like it it's it's just there it's it's just it's just um a uh, tasteless gruel that I'm just shoveling into my face. It's just, it's, it's there. Um, right. You know, I, I know my, uh, my buddy Ant from uh, Transformers University really, really seemed to like our, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy uh, analogy, but it's like, mm. I mean, gravy at least has some flavor. I, I don't even know if this has, has taste anymore. It's just, it, it's something that, yeah, I'm just consuming. Um, right. So, um, but hey, since since we're here in CBS land, um, uh-huh. so I, I briefly wanted to talk about a show that I've, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about several times and that's uh, that's Madam Secretary. Yes. Now. Um, so this is a show you haven't watched, right? I still have not, and okay. uh, my understanding is uh, she's moving into Madam President this season. So here's the thing, and, and I... It one, it's its final season, and I believe it's mm-hmm. a shortened season. Also, I don't know how many episodes uh, they're doing, but it's it's frustrating and satisfying at the same time because basically, um, I, I was watching the commercials leading up to it because it started a couple weeks later after the big push of mm-hmm. um, of the other fall TV premieres. Um, and like, so they're, they're showing like these commercials on CBS saying like, now, will you please welcome the president of the United States, Elizabeth McCord? And I'm like, I'm like fucking spoilers, man. Right. And so, but basically what it does, it's, it's right there on front street. So basically, uh. so what the show does is so she won the election. She is the president of the United States. And what the show does now is it it kind of bounces back and forth between um, a couple different time periods. So it's like uh. so it's it's present day 
which is kind of a flash forward from the previous season. It's very confusing. It's yeah, it's almost like a sci-fi show in that. It's so it's it's um like a year or two flash forward from the previous season because she's like a year into her presidency. And right. then it flashes back to when she was on the campaign trail and then sometimes it flashes even further back to kind of the period of when the la- the previous season was. So, so they're kind of doing what uh, This Is Us does every every episode where they show like three, sometimes four different timelines depending on the episode. Yeah, and it and it's kind of frustrating because like you, I mean, uh, one of one of the the cheekier things you asked me is like, so are they going to change the name of the show to Madam <laughs> President? Get this, yeah. so you know, um, uh, we talked about cold opens earlier, and Madam Secretary usually has, um, it's it's very weird because sometimes the cold open kind of lasts about the amount of time as like the first two breaks. I mean, you'll get 20 oh. minutes in and sometimes the title hasn't come up yet. You know, we, we've talked earlier about how you kind of like weaponize a, a title a bit and kind of put it on there for emphasis. So, so yeah. the show has done that and I think it does it well. But so what it does now is it goes to title and it says Madam Secretary and then the letters flip and then it says Madam President. Uh, and I'm just I'm not there for it. It's no. And, and and again, this is this has been a favorite show of mine and it's doing fine this season. But there there have been some um, exits in the cast and they're not mm. covering it very well, including like one of their children. So like one of her daughters <laughs> is just gone. You know, they talk to her on. It's like, oh, well, do you think uh, do you think she's going to show up? And I'm like, she's not even on the show. She ain't showing <laughs> up. Um, and, and it's just I think uh, President Jack Bauer teachers legis- legislature uh, did that with uh, with the son. Oh, the my last God, two that's seasons. right. <laughs> <laughs> he just disappeared. He just disappeared. <laughs> Poor bastard. Maybe he got killed like the vice president. We don't know. Oh, no. But, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's fine. And, you know, they kind of, they kind of take advantage of, you know, kind of like the, the, um, uh, time jump in that like you know you you bring back previous characters from previous Mm. seasons and it's it's kind of cool but it it feels i mean it definitely feels like a victory lap truncated final season like it's like we might not even get a full season order so let's just try to cap this stuff off as quick as possible and that's okay because you know like we've talked about previously i'm i'm i i think the character and concept has kind of run its course and that's okay. It's, you know, it's okay for things to end. It doesn't necessarily need to continue into perpetuity. Like say like an NCIS that goes 17 seasons so much. So to the point where I don't even care anymore. I, I have or like ze- Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we talk a lot about shows that are just kind of comfort food for us. So, and, and you know, the, the, bad thing and i'm nah. i'm gonna get a lot of flack for this i know i'm actually interested in this season of Grey's anatomy and i don't know why oh, like man. i've found myself watching it more than becky does and she's like i don't want to watch this i'm like are you sure <laughs> i'm like did i just say that That's <laughs> That's yeah it, it's a disease <laughs> um i sat 
I sat through five seasons of God Ham, okay? I can't <laughs> give me this. <laughs> I was like, sweet relief. The show is finally ending. I know. It's like, it's great. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, let's see. So, um, CBS, one, one last thing real quick. So, we, we talked yeah. a lot about uh, Survivor um, yeah. in our last episode. So, um, they've reached almost the halfway point. It's fine. It's uh, it's not as gimmicky as I thought it was going to be. You know, having are the, the heads real? Yes, they totally are. Yes, and I, that's what I was hoping. I, <laughs> I giggle my fool face off every time I see them because they're just like these ginormous, gaudy, uh, bust up idols on this random beach that people go to. And basically, what the gimmick nice. is is it, so it's Island of the Idols, and basically one tribe member gets exiled to the Island of the Idols. They have no idea what awaits them. And it's these two returning players, uh, Sandra and Boston Rob, um, you know, popular characters and players in in the Survivor canon. And so basically what they do is they um, they teach them a lesson. And it's like they they have the opportunity to earn an advantage in the game. So it's like, you know, if uh, you're if you can sneak into the other tribes camp and and uh steal their fire um you'll get like a hidden annuity idol and so like dude kind of like belly crawls in the middle of the night their fire's gone out because like it's raining but he still has like this water bottle and he scoops up a bunch of this fire ash goes back to the island of the idols and and, and you know they they give him his his reward um so mm-hmm. so it is it so there is that mentoring aspect of it that I that I like I like that these that they're not playing the game because who boy these people are getting old. It's like it's yeah. like so yeah under underneath Boston Rob's uh well-worn Boston Red Sox hat it's it's looking really flinty around the temples there but speaking of uh <laughs> e- eating all the bees but uh but no right. it's uh but yeah I mean it's fine it's it's pretty outside of that it's pretty standard survivor um I haven't found any of the particular contestants to be um especially extraordinary but um like when I talked to Anthony from uh TFU like I mentioned earlier we were talking about Big Brother a while ago and sometimes for me in these competition reality shows it kind of I kind of wait until later in the game for like my favorites to kind of emerge so i'm just kind of like watching it for now and then eventually somebody i like will will kind of emerge but but yeah th- those were just a couple uh cbs shows that i um that i wanted to talk about um what's a well go ahead oh, i was gonna say i a good segue speaking yeah. of competition shows that uh you despise yeah man matt singer comes back this week yes <laughs> was it was it gone? I thought I thought it was here. I'm... Well, uh, it took the last two weeks off due to the World Series. Mm. Uh, it was preempted because you know baseball. Oh, we need more uh, baseball. Go, go Nationals! I'm glad they won. Yeah. Uh, and and suck at Bryce Harper, fucking overpaid baby. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Matt Singer had a good first few weeks before the uh, the baseball playoffs took over. A um, couple people that. Many people out there don't know were unmasked. Uh, Johnny Weir was unmasked as one. Uh, Ninja, the uh, the Fortnite legend, I guess you could call him. <laughs> and then uh, last week was or the last episode was Paul Schaefer was unmasked. This week we it finally comes back. I need this in my veins, wow. and I hate it. I, I need help. Yeah, you, do. <laughs> you know what? And, and I hate you for it. 
it's terrible. I, I, I don't blame you. I yeah, understand your hatred. I, I just, I, I just, I mean, it was so funny because like, you know, we, uh, uh, we'll occasionally have, uh, uh, Q13 Fox on in the, in the radio booth for, for my day mm-hmm. job. Um, and like that there, there's like something in their morning news that's like hosted by what, who was unmasked or something. I don't know. Something having to do with the mass singer. We, you know, the sound's not turned on, so we don't really know what it is. But I right. was like, I remember one time I leaned over my console. I'm like, what the fuck is Paul Schaefer doing on my television at 630 <laughs> in the morning? It's like, what the right. actual hell is this? And it's like, so you see like all the, the mass Singer logos. and But uh, but one thing I did want to mention that was kind of funny and kind of looping together my, my uh, day job in a in an uncomfortable fashion, but um, uh, during the World Series, uh, I forget which game it was, but uh, Nicole Scherzinger uh, sang the national anthem and, yep. and fucking killed it. I mean, it's like, I yeah. mean, we rolled on it and played it during the uh, show I work on. And but it was funny. I I left in the part where she was introduced. It's like, oh, yes. And, you know, singer, actress and judge of Fox's The Masked Singer. And I'm just like, (laughs) it's like, really? It's It's, like you facepalmed probably. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was it was um, it was pretty embarrassing. But uh, Uh, but she did a great job on that. But, yeah, no, I I, um, so so have you been surprised by these? Uh, reveals and revelations on the uh, on the uh, mass singer there. Uh, a couple of them, yes. I actually got the Paul Schaefer one, especially uh, when he sang. Like you, you know Paul Schaefer's voice yep. if you've ever heard it. Absolutely. Um, and with the way he sang the week that he was eliminated, I I looked at Becky. I'm like, that's Paul Schaefer. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, just watch. <laughs> if he's a match tonight, that's Paul Schaefer. Um, I actually thought Johnny Weir was RuPaul because. It sounded like RuPaul, and he had the mannerisms. Okay, of course, they're both of the same lifestyle. Yeah, I'll say. Uh huh. Um, but I would have never guessed Ninja, uh, a Fortnite player, <laughs> being on this show. You know, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I understand that for that one, but um, it's a fun show. I mean, just just the who is it aspect of it. I think attracts me more than the actual singing sure. and the idiotic guesses from Ken Jong. Okay. All <laughs> right, that that's fair. So so you're finding something uh intangible and something other than the because th- like like the stuff that I've been critical of seems to be the stuff that you could actually care less about. So that Yeah, I I've learned to ignore uh, Rob, uh Robin Thicke and uh and Ken Jong and Nicole and Jenny Wahlberg up there, so yeah, I, I don't care if if Joe McHale comes back, I, I I'll listen to him because he just he calls out the stupidity, which yeah. I love. They they need him full time on there. <laughs> I'd watch that. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh, if you tell me that Joe McHale is going to be a judge on Mass Singer, I'll, I'll give it a spin. Uh, if uh, if he's on, I will let you know because uh, he he was pretty uh, he was pretty rabid toward Ken last season when the few episodes they did so. He's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about, basically? And I'm like, yes, we need that. We need Joe McHale on here every week. Get him. Oh man, come on, Fox. Oh man, cut <laughs> my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing.
did I just commit to watching an episode of The Masked Singer if Joel McHale comes back? Oh, I did it. Send help. I did it. Send your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, then send your thoughts and prayers to Mike Cyber Radio at (laughs) at Mike Cyber Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and write it to the mailbag, MikeCyberRadio at gmail dot com. Call the voicemail to the voice line two three one two two four Mike. That's two three one two two four six four five three. See, and I'm doing it again. It just it just kind of slips into it. So the first time I did that on the Here For It podcast, uh, HFI pod on uh, Twitter. Um, <laughs> see, it's just it happens. Uh, first time I did that though, the, my co-hosts are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Plugging the socials, so interaction, people contact us. That's the whole point of this." <laughs> oh. uh, poor guys. Uh, uh, the only other one I wanted to talk about uh, this se- this season, South Park. Like the last three seasons have been killing it this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff that they've done regarding China. Nope. Oh, so again, I'm not a South Park guy, and I I I know, but this made the mainstream. They actually got they actually did an episode regarding China that got them banned in China. I did forever. I did see something <laughs> about that on the uh, on the social media is trending on Twitter, and I was like, you know what? Good for China. <laughs> <laughs> controversial <laughs> statement no, but but no here, here's the thing though like they, they've been playing up this whole uh I, i'm sure you're familiar with the main characters stan kyle kenny and cartman of course yes for the most part yeah so stan's dad randy basically owns a weed farm and the outskirts of town now called integrity farms it's a playoff integrity um if if you if you're american you need integrity uh, he wanted to branch out into China, get some of that Chinese money, which everybody was doing at the time, because that's where all the money is. So we need to branch out business there. Um, and it was basically a dig at Disney because they were making a huge push over there. And this was around the time that the Houston Rockets GM made that tweet in support of the Hong Kong protest against China. And that whole blew up everything over there. Um Basically, the NBA wanted, or the China wanted to end their relationship with the NBA at yes. one point because of that tweet. LeBron James and the Lakers were over there. After that tweet happened, they mm-hmm. were in fear of their lives. It seems like our sports here try to get people in trouble when they're abroad. I've noticed a pattern here: first China, then Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but but South Park doesn't give a shit. South Park will just basically Winnie the Pooh is banned in China. Here's the premise of it. Winnie the Pooh is banned in China because people were making comparisons with their leader, the Winnie the Pooh, because apparently he looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they did an episode where uh, Mickey Mouse was over there, and he was basically trying to shut down Winnie the Pooh, kind of like a, a play on that. And they made they made that comparison that Winnie the Pooh was the was the Chinese leader, and it, it basically led to Stan's dad killing Winnie the Pooh on Chinese land. Next day, China comes out. Yep, we're going to ban South Park over there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, South Park then released an apology. Okay. <laughs> and in the way that South only South Park could. <laughs> um, I'm trying to pull that up here as I do it, but... Um, it's been a, it's been a pretty good season uh, okay. for them. And they, they don't pull punches, you know that. And they go after everybody, and I respect them for it. I, I'm here for that. Fair enough. 
Okay, <laughs> very good. So, um, so uh, do you have any other uh, network shows that you want to touch on before we move on? No, uh, unless you do, uh, I guess we can I, move on to streaming. I do. I, we I, haven't hang on, hang on, gotten hang to on, that. Hang on. Oh, I, I, okay. got, I got two real quick. Oh, okay. Um, one is, uh, so we're going back to CBS. I mean, Sorry, we're going back to NBC uh, very oh. briefly. Um, New Amsterdam, freaking killing it. It's it is um, uh, it's it's secretly low key becoming one of my favorite shows. I really like this batch of characters that they have interacting together, and it feels like now that they've kind of built the world um, of where the show lives, it it feels much less gimmicky and more organic than it did in the first season, and the so the um. I, I really kind of liked uh, how they resolved the the cliffhanger episode from the season finale. Uh, basically, what happened was is all of our characters are in an ambulance together. And uh, the the ambulance flips over. You see that some characters are clearly very dead. Some folks <laughs> that might be dead. Um, and right. so it's, I mean, so really the, the only character that walks away um, at episodes end, uh, relatively unscathed is uh, is the show lead, uh, um, uh, Ryan Agold. So, mm. um, so the the episode picks up uh, after a time jump. I I don't remember. I want to say maybe it's six months, maybe three months. It, it's a, it's okay. a span of time, but not a large one. And basically, they um, they keep you guessing who they actually kill off. Because they gradually reintroduce the folks that um, that might have been the dead person. So it's like, oh, you know, okay. you get through like the first couple of segments, you're still guessing because you're keeping a tally of who you haven't seen yet. Well, then, so that character shows up and it's like, OK, well, then mathematically, it's got to be this person. Well, right. then that person shows up and. What you find out, and I'm not going to spoil it, um, but you find out that the the one character, uh, main character that did die, mm-hmm. you had seen them all throughout the episode, but dun dun dun, turns out they were a ghost the whole time. Oh, and it was nice. like, and the character that it was, I'm like, that really kind of works because it because the reveal happens at the very end and it makes you rethink all of the scenes that you had seen with that character in them. And it's like, oh, well, that totally works. And at the <laughs> that's to- what you did. <laughs> yeah. And at the time I was getting really fussy about it because it's like, Jesus Christ, is nobody actually dead? I mean, like, <laughs> because like I was promised body count. I was waiting for Ice T right. to show up and body count. And uh, and it never really got there. I mean, so like, you know, within the first you know couple minutes, they so there there was like somebody under a sheet. Turns out it was just like Larry, the bus driver. That's not even a character. It's like, oh, uh-huh. no, let's roll a tear <laughs> for this guy that's not a character boo and i'm like i I need some fucking stakes here to stay invested and so and i was getting increasingly impatient but then like when it get when it got when it when it got to the end jesus um easy for me to say but (laughs) when, when i got to the end and there is that reveal there i was like 
golf clap, golf clap. Well played, well yep. played. And it's it's really it's really kind of taken off from there. Again, like in a lot of the other shows that we've already talked about, there's been some really great character development and uh, very, very similar to the rookie where like, and, and even a million little things also where like, you know, we're, we're taking characters in new directions. We're giving them more stuff to do. And yeah, it's, it's uh, and, and some new characters also. So I, um, okay. so I, I'm still, I'm still with it. I mean, I know I'm watching the doctor show and I kind of like it. It's weird. Yeah. I know how your stance is on doctor shows Ex- and doctor procedurals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so my last one is, um, is for me the biggest surprise. And I think it might actually be my favorite show of the season. Um, as- oh. Aside from, yeah, I mean, aside from returning favorites, um, did you ever the blacklist? <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that show, but I'm still watching it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I yeah. just I I can't. And it's so funny because like there there are times where on the blacklist the characters try to explain the overly convoluted plot to each other uh-huh. and they're inevitably somebody's confused. It's almost like a meme where somebody's like, Oh, I don't understand. And I'm like, thank you. You're speaking for the audience. <laughs> and I'm like, that guy speaks for the audience because it's like, yeah, but like there, there's been a time where a character is like, well, that's just dumb. And I'm like, I yep. know. Right. <laughs> and I get all mad. It's like about watching it. wrestling. And it's like, Oh my God, they're self-aware. Yeah. It's quick. Quick. Change the storyline. Just I'm aware now. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for somebody <laughs> to turn their head and ask me if I've taken my pills or if I'm doing yep. okay. Um, but, but no. So, um, so my surprise hit for me, um, is, uh, on NBC. Did you end up watching bluff city law? Uh, it's one of those that kind of fell to the wayside, mm-hmm. kind of like evil did. Sure. I'll probably catch it, uh, when it all comes out and just binge it. Cause it, it was interesting the first couple episodes. I just haven't gone back and watched anymore. I love it. I it, love it. It looked good. I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Sure. I liked it. It just kind of fell into the into the mix, kind of. Oh, that's totally fair. Uh, I I and yeah. I get it. Yeah, but like if um if you find yourself in the market for a decent law show with you know with a bit of a uh, social justice aspect to it that's not all rise um no it's it's great uh jimmy smith's is is really great in it the uh uh the gal uh caitlin mcgee is uh is her name as his uh daughter um you know she's really good they play off each other very well and it it does it reminds me of boston legal um but with, with like uh uh 49% 49% less misogyny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I love Boston legal for ironically enough for those reasons. that's terrible. But, right. Um, I'm, just, I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily hold up in the year of our Lord, 2019. It was a different time, no. but, uh, but no, it, it, it's great. Um, um, it gives me exactly what I want in a law procedural with, uh, bizarre cases and, uh, well-written, well-acted monologues, and it, again, it, 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 it scratches an itch I didn't know I had. Um, and, but one of the things that I like about it as well is that, so it, it takes place in Nashville and, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is shot there. I don't know if all of it is there, but it, it feels like the city they live in is also a character because there, there's, um, there's a lot of like, um, uh, distinctive looking buildings. There's a lot of murals. 
um, you know, like uh, like local art and things like that, and just uh, just something that you're not going to get from shooting on a soundstage in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. So it, it has has a real authentic feel to it. Um, so it, it it feels very lived in. Um, in a in a good way and it and it does like a lot of you know your classic law and order episodes I know that's a different style of show but you get a lot of like you know rip from the headlines type of stuff and, and oh yeah and, and I think that again I, I think I've been in the market for something like that for a while and um, and I'm kind of okay with it you know some some yeah. of it kind of challenges my sensibilities a little bit but uh, but it but it kind of does it in a way that I appreciate like 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 let me give you let me give you a quick example this was from like a couple episodes ago um the, uh one of so the uh the daughter Jimmy Smith's daughter um one of her teachers and mentors kind of comes back into her life kind of knocks on the law office door and says hey I've I've got this crazy case um I uh, I've been thrown off of the dating app that I've been using why? Well, because I um, I'm too old. They they told me that like you know once once you hit sixty or something like that, um, you know you you can't use our service anymore. And he's he's like I want to sue, and uh-huh. it's because you know because like you know I take really good care of myself. I I identify as forty two. I I feel uh-huh. I feel like I feel like my age is being discriminated against. And it's it's this whole arc where, like, you know, they see that he has like a young protege and it's it's really kind of presented in in a creepy kind of way. It's like it's like, is this guy just being like a gross creeper? And basically they they argue the case they lose. But it's one of those things where, like, the judge says, even when as she's throwing the case out, it's like, well, this kind of sets perhaps a precedent for uh, it's it's like you know your point is well made i'm throwing the case out yeah. but your point is well made um and then um you get to the end of the episode and um they were talking about like this this uh um this mentor's son it's like well you know how's your son doing I haven't haven't seen him around blah 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 and it's like well, um, she's doing great. And basically the whole thing was he brought this case to them, you know, kind of with the age discrimination thing. Turns out he wanted to build an argument for gender discrimination. So it's like the oh, same wow. argument. But, you know, so like it was it was total hooey, you know, and because mm. it was like everybody thought he was a creep. And just wanted to be younger. Turns out he was just trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, build a stronger case for, you know, for the future. Basically, yeah. It's one of the, one of those kinds of things. I was like, again, I was like, oh, golf clap. It's like I see what you did yeah. there, but yeah, because they laid it on really thick. It's like you know, he's like you know, kind of kind of being a little too uh, friendly with like this this plucky intern protege that he's taken on, and it's like, ew, this is so gross. It's uncomfortable. Turns out it's not like that mm. at all, and it's like nice. I, I and that I guess that's an example of where you can um, it works because it subverts your expectations, and it's like it yeah, does it, it doesn't go the way that you that you think it will and it's like oh that's actually kind of thought provoking 
it's preachy without actually being preachy. Correct. Yeah. 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 And and again, I I I appreciate that kind of storytelling where it does kind of make me challenge my sensibilities, but doesn't bash mm-hmm. me about the face and head. So, right. Uh, um. Yeah, I was going to ask actually ask you if you checked out that All Rise show because I did not. No, <laughs> I want nothing to so, do with that. So Bluff City Law won the uh, the battle of the lawyer shows for this this fall. <laughs> for me, at least. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like I I was. I was turned off immediately by All Rise, so I never even gave it a shot because it just it just, it it looks like it's um um a little too much message based than I'd mm-hmm. like because um, I mean again in like the commercials you know that this uh, this sassy judge is you know talking to a uh, a veteran detective about well you know it, maybe maybe things need to change and things like that and it's just like nah I don't I don't, I don't need this. right <laughs> um, I guess I did have one more I forgot about because sure. I did bring it up shortly uh, this is us has been killing it again this season oh yeah yeah uh, le- like we talked about in the fall TV preview, they uh, the creator of this said that there's only going to be six seasons. We're in season four, and uh, they introduced a lot of new characters this season. And I wasn't sure about them at first, but they're blending well into this extended cast that they have. Uh-huh. One of those is Jennifer Morrison, who uh, you all know from House, uh, How I Met Your Mother, among uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time. Um, she's basically an ex, uh, army soldier who basically has PTSD and she's going through a very messy divorce with her husband because of how she came back from the war. Um, she's, she's basically a mess and she met up with one of the main characters in the, uh, in the family, uh, Kevin, one of the, one of the siblings and, uh, it's pretty well done. I, I like the directions they're going with a lot of it. There's some I have questions about because it seems like they're alluding to some deaths in this season, and I'm not prepared Ooh. for that. Again, <laughs> somebody get iced tea on the phone. Body count. I love yes, it. Yes. Um, they, they keep uh, – it seems like they're going to kill off Kate, if not this season – early next season and it seems like they're prepping the audience for that and i'm not ready for that which is the uh the bigger sister of the th- of the three the um i can't remember her, the actress that plays her but she's the the bigger girl oh, on, on uh, the show chloe mentz or some some such like that yeah uh, chrissy mentz that's what it was yeah very good. um I, I don't i'm not ready for that when that happens it's either gonna be her or her now husband toby who um has depression they've already established that throughout the first couple seasons and they they've kind of shown it brief glimpses of him falling back into that depression so bad that he's bedridden at times it's either gonna be him or her and they just had a kid in this season and he was born blind with no chance of getting his sight back uh, they actually fast-forwarded it, but once again, they do different timelines in this show a lot. They bounce around a lot. They showed him in the future, and he's still blind when he's a teenager, and neither of his parents were shown in the shot, and it looked like he was about to perform with a piano, so I, I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> I don't oh, think anybody's going to be oh, uh, when that happens. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, they 
this show is one of the best written shows, I think. Uh, I know it's not your thing. I know I, I'm stretched the limits with getting you into a million little things. I know you wouldn't want to get into This Is Us, but it, once everything's all said and done, if you find nothing else to watch, I highly recommend this show. J- just start from the beginning and work your way up because this is one of the best written TV shows, I think, ever, to be honest. Gotcha. Well, I I will uh, I will keep an eye on that eventually. I you know yes. again like like I've said a few different times. Maybe mm-hmm. once it's completely done, maybe I'll loop back around and start from the beginning and and uh, and get through it. I, I didn't think this would be for me either, but there's a lot of topics that that even hit home to me. Like like you wouldn't expect some of the topics they they reach to hit, but they do a good job of doing it. And they they're reverent about it. They, there's a there's a sort there's a sense of reverency about this show. It, it's it's grief porn, but not as in your face as you would think it would be. Fair enough. Very good. Well, uh, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff uh, we could talk about. I, you know, I didn't even touch on Magnum, Magnum No Comma PI and Hawaii Five O, yeah. and because I mean, they're they're fine. They're CBS shows, kind of same as it ever was. No crossover yep. yet, so we'll we'll see. Soon, how, hopefully, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Um, which you know, I mean, that's fine. That's that's kind of whatever. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cybert Radio. But um, you know, we've we've been we've been cracking on about network shows for for like a super long time. Yes. And you know, it's so funny because we talk. You know, every time we talk about shows, streaming kind of gets the the short shrift. And and this uh, this particular episode is no different. I think one of these days <laughs> we need to put streaming up front and then yes. loop back around to uh, network stuff because I mean there there is there. There's always just so much stuff to talk about. And ironically enough, the reason why we're doing this show now is so that we can get some of this heavy lifting out of the way when we talk about some of those uh, mid-season replacements. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess in in the in the time we have left, let's um yeah, let's let's uh, pop the lid off of uh, some streaming stuff, but there because there was uh there was some stuff you wanted to talk about, right? Uh yeah, actually uh, there's one that just came out uh I believe it Two or three weeks ago, I want to say from this time on November the uh, the third or fourth of uh, twenty nineteen, uh, starring Paul Rudd, living with myself. Have you seen uh, anything about this? No. So basically, the premise is Paul Rudd is in a rut, uh, career wise, sex life wise. He's not sure if he can have kids. He has to do uh, a fertility test that he doesn't want to do because he's scared he might not be able to have kids. He's just in a bad place. Um, this guy at his, uh, office gives him a card for this, uh, this place that you go to, to get happy basically. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the spa that he went to, but a- as he's pulling in one, Tom Brady is walking out as he's <laughs> pulling in and he's just smiling. He's like, first time. And Paul Red's like, yeah, he's like, Oh, six i'm like i see what you did there golf flap <laughs> just six <laughs> six titles <laughs> so he goes in and it's this weird like it doesn't look like a spa at all turns out they basically clone you and kill your former self and you're all of a sudden this happy-go-lucky like no worries brand new self oh my god feeling great feeling everything 
Problem is, there's a malfunction in the machine when Paul Rudd's character goes into it. His name is Miles, and now there's two Mileses. Ah, okay. Hilarity ensues. Uh, I've been to the first five episodes. It's a short season, too. There's only like seven or eight episodes in it, so... And they're only half-hour episodes. Um, something really uh, easy to get through in a day if you have nothing else going on. Ah, oh, very cool. And uh, what platform is that on? That one's going to be on Netflix. Um, gotcha. I, I was going to have you play play a clip of uh, of Mac and me on the radio, kind of like what it is on Conan, just to uh, keep that joke alive, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> yes. Um, I did... Watch a little bit of Letter Kenny. I know you uh, highly recommended that on Hulu. Uh, I haven't gotten through much of it. Becky didn't care for it. I enjoyed it more than she did. I like that kind of humor. Yeah. I'm probably gonna pick that up again here uh, pretty soon. Yeah, uh, season seven um, has dropped on Hulu, and nice. um, I I haven't gotten through all of it yet. But uh, the word on the streets is wow. It uh, oh, it's I mean even in what I what I've seen it's. It's gone some unanticipated places that I I don't want to spoil, uh, oh. but yeah, no, it's uh, it was one of those things. It's like, oh, so uh, that's what we're doing. Okay, all right, <laughs> very well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I've only caught like the first two or three episodes. Uh, the one where he started fighting everybody, but they couldn't do it on the property because of his sister or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that was a pretty enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of fun, a, a lot of fun so far. <laughs> well, and and that gives you a real flavor for kind of, kind of, kind of the beginnings of, and and so it kind of takes that dynamic that it establishes, and much like every other show that we've talked about, you know, the world gradually expands. You know, you learn more about these characters. You know, new wrinkles are added to the characterization, and and yeah, it's it's interesting now that you know, I, and I I would say. That um, and, and again, there, there's a couple different Letterkenny podcasts that that I've you know dip in and out of, uh, depending upon which episodes I've watched. But um, it feels to me like that this uh, this current season, season seven, might be the first season that was produced after the show kind of hit, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder. And I, I, I bet you a lot of folks more Letterkenny versed than myself could weigh in on this. But I wonder if some of the things that happen during season seven are kind of maybe a response uh, to the popularity, because it feels like some things get kind of leaned into uh, more than others, um, which, which is which is great. Uh, and what I mean is like it feels kind of um, uh, fan servicey at at times. Yeah. Uh, which is great, but um, uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. But one of the things that uh, that is going around is they uh, they do a live road show as well, um, Letter Kenny oh. Live, where they basically kind of um, perform. You know, because as for the the very little you saw, you kind of saw that it's kind of like in this kind of kind of skit format, for lack of a better term. Kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so they, they basically kind of go out and perform the skits and things like that. It's, uh, I think it's coming to Seattle in April and I might oh, have nice. to go. I might have to go. Um, cause I, yeah, let, let, let me know how that is. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, cause yeah, I, from, from what I understand is that, you know, all of the actors and performers, you know, it's like they nail a lot of that stuff, you know, in like one take, you know, just, just that, yeah. just that rapid fire dialogue. And it, again, it's, it's just so well-written. It, is. <laughs> it really is. And, it, <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, th- there's obviously a lot of like rural Canadian humor, um, stuff mm-hmm. that like, I, I feel is like intentionally over americans heads you know it's yes. you know with a, like a, like a lot of the jargon and stuff like that but but you know i mean it it, it kind of creates its own vocabulary you know it's like you you can just roll up to somebody and say pitter patter and you know that you know suddenly you can be letterkenny bros and things like that so there's, there's just certain just certain phrasing that that's just kind of become shorthand under uh um letterkenny fans but Right. Anyway, um, yeah, in, yeah. Enjoy the rest of that because I mean, again, they're they're short seasons, and it took me um, a little bit through my binge to kind of figure out how the seasons work. Uh, basically, you know, it kind of goes like you know, like summer winter type of thing, because okay. like so basically, like in uh, it's either season two or season three, it's in the winter time. So you're getting like winter jokes, and everybody's you know you know running around in in turtlenecks and and you know, uh, fleece and all that other stuff. So, 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 right. se- so, season, so season seven, the current season is, uh, is also a, a, a winter season. So nice. Um, um, one of the a couple other ones I want to talk what? about both on Netflix. Uh, did you ever pick up the ranch at all I, after my, uh, my recommendation last a uh, couple times ago? <laughs> I have not, but I know I need to because I have heard, uh, from people I work with. And from people in my family. So I've gotten it from like three different spots now. It sounds like I need to watch The Ranch at some point. Um, I hear it's I really mean, good. If for nothing else, Sam Elliott cusses and is a curmudgeon. I mean, that's all you need. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> and I like that. Ashton Kut- and Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson being, uh, being dumbasses like on that 70s show, like multiplied by 20. Uh, with Sam Elliott trying to go, Jesus fucking Christ, people, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> I mean, that th- that's the perfect formula for a show right there. Um, now, awesome. Danny Masterson was written off after, I believe it was uh, part four because of the whole uh, sexual harassment. He got me too'd. Um, haven't heard any results from that yet. I don't know if he's in litigation for anything, any... any uh, charges brought against him i haven't heard anything but of course with everything the the way it is now they're going to distance them, themselves from him as much as possible mm-hmm. until that's settled one way or the other uh deck shepherd got brought on as a long lost cousin and he fills a void i think pretty well okay right. um deck shepherd i know is not everybody's cup of tea sure um, he's a savory spice to be sure he is, uh, but I think he fills the void in this ver- uh, pretty well. Um, this also has Megan Kelly uh, from uh, Grounded for Life. Remember the mom from from that episode oh, from yeah. that show? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, she's a she's a lot of fun on this. Um, it has a lot of the, that seventy show cast on it. Actually, it had um, Kurtwood Smith on it. Had uh, Deborah Jo Rupp. Um, Actually, pretty much everybody except for like Donna and Eric from that time show was on this from the show. So that's awesome. a lot of cameos, a lot of fun. 
just a fun fun ass show. Like it's basically uh, if you haven't seen the show, it's basically a small ranching town in Colorado. Uh, Ashton Kutcher plays a failed football player who has to come back home to ranching, and hilarity ensues. That's that's the pre- basic premise of the show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I will definitely get to it in due course. Uh, it it's, uh, it is for sure on final- my list. Well, the final part is coming out uh, early next year, so if you want to wait for that and just binge the whole thing, uh, once again, it's another like half-hour type show. Um, you can breeze through that probably in a, in a weekend pretty easily. Perfect. Uh, the other one I would I wanted to bring up was uh, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Glow, uh, starring Allison Brie, um, and oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Hang on, uh, Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin. Oh, okay, sure, um, sure. Yeah, uh, basically, it's uh, following the an exaggerated story of the uh, the original Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling from the eighties and uh, late early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun on this one. Allison Brie actually nails the part that she's in here for. She's an out of work actress trying to find something to latch on to. She's kind of getting up there in years, so she's not sure if she can do it anymore. Uh, answers a casting call for looking for stunt people that was how it was uh um worded in the thing ended up being wrestling yeah. uh they're coming up they had their third season drop in september where they were in vegas this is probably my favorite season of this show because <laughs> i'm gonna spoil a little bit for you because yeah, the premise sure. for this is just absolutely fucking ridiculous it's so great so uh Alison Brie's character on the show is basically this Russian named Zoya. She's yes. the heel of the whole company. Uh, she's usually in a uh, in a feud with the uh, like uber American girl next door, played by Be- uh, Betty. Uh, yeah, Betty Gilpin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're watching the Challenger lift off at, at, at the Vegas casino before a show is supposed to take place. Oh no! Uh, for that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you already see where this is going, and she's she's healing it up. She's talking bad about oh, American astronauts don't know how to go to space. This is all fake. I don't know what's going on. This is just a tiny rocket ship. It's not real. And then she's like looking at the camera, heel, doing this heel promo, and then you see Betty Gilpin's character like put her hands to her face, like oh my god, that's when the Challenger obviously explodes. Allison Breeze's character is just laying into it laying into this promo, like laying into Americans being lazy and, and bad and stuff. And sure. Betty Gilpin's like trying to stop her from going. And then she just looks at it. Alison Brie looks at Betty Gilpin's character. She's like, what, what, what? And then looks at the TV. She's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> busted. Oh, uh, and then they had a, they had a space themed party with like a rocket ship cake. It was <laughs> The, the attention to detail, I think, for this season was probably the best they've ever done. It, it's fantastic. Um, there's a few actual wrestlers in this, too. Um, awesome Kong, who is now in AEW. Um, guy named Carlito is in this. He's a he's a uh, recurring character in here. There's a, lo- there's a lot of it, fun characters on this. Highly recommend, even if you're not a wrestling fan. This is just a fun little sitcom. That's awesome. Sounds uh, sounds yeah. great. Again, something definitely on my list that I uh, um, just haven't gotten around to checking out yet. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something I'm I'm looking for because one one thing, and I I forget, 
I forget who pointed it out to me. Maybe maybe it was you. Maybe it was somebody else. But um, you know, since it is with its '80s setting, uh, one of the uh, featured songs in an episode was "Dare" by Stan Bush, who yep. and was very famously in Transformers the movie. So, and we all mm-hmm. we all know how I feel about that. So, um, so yeah, so that that was. Yeah, it must have been one of my one of my other uh, uh, Robo Bros or something. They're like, dude, <laughs> dude, you gotta watch Glow. They 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 played Dare. It's it was awesome. I'm like, all right, all right, um, I'll get to it. <laughs> but not for the kids, by the way. Don't watch it with the kids. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. A lot of lot of nudity and adult situations. <laughs> I like all that. Very good. Yes. <laughs> um. So so one show. I oh sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, what what are you looking at well, for uh, for the streaming services? So, so one thing, I, I uh, um, the new season of Jack Ryan has started on mm. the Amazon. We've gotten a couple episodes in. It is bigger and badder and better than season one that I really liked quite a bit. Um, season one. Now of this J- has. Chuck in it, right? No, like no, no. This, this is Jim from The Office. Uh, John Krasinski. Jim from The Office. That's who it was. Okay. And who, again, John Krasinski, colon, secret action star, question mark? <laughs> no, he's great in this. And he's doing like all kinds of stunts, like jumping over buildings and chasing dudes and getting into shootouts. And it's it's very convincing. And, um, you know, so like I... I've always liked kind of uh, uh, aspects of the Tom Clancy universe, you know, you know, Hunt mm-hmm. for Red October, Patriot Games, you know, all the, all of that kind of stuff. And I think that in in a canon that includes Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, and Ben Affleck, and and Chris right. Pine, <laughs> um, John Krasinski, best Jack Ryan for me because he wow. nails that balance. Of because I mean Jack Ryan's whole gimmick is that he's not meant to be the hardened field train agent. He's an analyst, but he keeps getting thrown into these situations where it's like, okay, I'll do the analyst stuff, but then when it comes time, I you know I can bust some ass. So it 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 plays very well. It's very believable. Uh, this season focuses on Venezuela, so ah. it's. Um, uh, timely in uh, in that regard, um, but yeah, I mean, so he's basically uh, Steve Carell's Maxwell Smart from the uh, that Get Smart movie from a few years back. Yeah, yeah, basically, okay. uh, maybe a little less nerdy, but um, okay. you know, he's like he's like the cool IT guy kind of. <laughs> but gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I again, he he nails it, and everybody in the cast is uh, pretty good as well. And and again, it, it feels like a big budget um, affair. It's only eight episodes, and uh, I think we've gone through like the first three so far. It's a bit of a slow burn, but that's you know kind of to be expected in kind of the streaming um uh kind of landscape anymore so mm-hmm. um from what i've told because I, I i've talked to some folks that have gone through it already it just dropped like last friday but um right. but it's <laughs> like the, the payoff is um allegedly going to be huge so i so i'm mm, i'm okay. excited to get to that in due course but um but yeah no uh jack ryan uh streaming on amazon prime uh which incidentally speaking of amazon prime um uh dave did you happen to see that in certain markets in certain areas amazon will be including uh their amazon fresh uh 
home delivery grocery store service. Um, I did. Included, that, that's exciting. And <laughs> and that thing by itself is fourteen ninety nine. Fifteen. Bu- yeah. And it, yeah. And fifteen bucks at least. And it's just <laughs> thrown in with Prime. And yeah, so it's like. Um, man, get get yourself some delivered groceries from Whole Foods and watch yourself some Jack Ryan. I think uh, later in the year, probably more towards Christmas time, I would guess, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is coming back uh, mm-hmm. for season three. That's a show I'm very eagerly anticipating. Uh, Sterling K. Brown will be joining the cast, which, uh, nice. which we... Uh, you know, we've sung his praises uh, uh, for years um, on our mm. various shows, so, I, so I'm really excited for that. But that's, uh, you know, I, I haven't really consumed a whole lot of uh, streaming stuff lately, really just kind of uh, kind of preparing myself for the inevitable uh, Disney Plus launch. And, yep. and of course, the uh, highlighted by The Mandalorian, which... Um, of course. <laughs> I, I was just talking to some friends the other day, and I realized something. Oh, it was it was the, the night that the trailer dropped. Um, so this was probably mm-hmm. like a week, maybe two weeks ago. I, uh, time gets fuzzy. But, um, but I watched, you know, the the new trailer, which was pretty much like the other trailers we had already seen, but I was watching it with the same anticipation that I used to watch star Wars trailers with before I got like super jaded and curmudgeon-y. Um, and, and I told my friend at work, I'm like, you know, I think this Mandalorian thing is going to be something special because this is like the most excited I've been for a star war since the force awakens back in 2015 um yep. so you know i don't, I don't want to get into the legislation now about you know how kind of my star wars fandom has kind of cooled over the last uh um couple years um which has really kind of driven me more towards transformers fandom but but that but that's that's a story i you know well well trodden uh material at this point but it was one of those things where it's like oh this reminds me why I like this stuff. So I'm I'm super excited for uh, The Mandalorian. And then I realized, oh, yeah, wait a minute. There's a bunch of other uh, stuff that's going to be on Disney Plus day one, too. Um, any, anything right. else there out on the Plus that, that you're especially excited for, Producer Dave? Well, of course, uh, Jeff Goldblum, anything I, I'm here for. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with that on Disney+. Plus. But uh, uh, you bring that up. I wanted to bring up something uh, about streaming because yes. we, we brought this up in a, in a lot of episodes. And I want to put a number to this now because we talked about how it's basically a recabling um, experience now. It, we used to be a la carte everything back in the in the olden days. Uh, me and Mike remember that. I know yeah. a lot of our younger listeners don't. <laughs> um, but here's here's somebody actually posted a list on uh, on IGN's Twitter of the major uh, U.S. streaming services: HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Showtime, CBS, Amazon Prime Video, Stars, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus. All that comes out to ninety dollars ninety one cents a month. That's not including a Sling TV or YouTube TV type. Um, like live TV package. Sure. Um, PlayStation View I would have included in there, but apparently they're shutting that service down. I guess they're not making the money they were hoping to with that. Uh, with all these other uh, options available, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. I mean, you might as well just keep cable for that. Well, in it- but that's the the thing about that is though you don't 
get a lot of the content like Disney Plus. You won't get that anywhere else. Apple TV, you won't get that anywhere yeah. else. Prime Video, there's a lot of stuff you won't get on there. Netflix, Hulu, they all have their originals. I don't know what the answer is here for this. Yeah, it's a really hard one because, like, <laughs> so we're we're getting in, in our household uh, inching ever closer to uh, cutting the cord. And yeah. the thing that is stopping me at this point is, um, one, because of the way that we consume TV, we still want to have a DVR. Um, and we still need a, um, consumption vehicle for our, uh, local channels and mostly because of sports. So it's like, I, I need to, I, I can't have just like the Fox TV that like I get from YouTube TV because that's like some weird ass East coast feed. Sure. I get the shows. That's local. Oh, is that how that works? Yep, YouTube YouTube TV actually is the only one I believe that has all the local channels. At least here where I'm at, we get all the local channels. Like Sling gives, I think, a couple options depending on your area. Um, PlayStation View would do the same thing before they went out. Same with uh, whatever the other ones are. But YouTube TV had like all of my locals. Um, Plus, they do have a DVR service now in a lot of these services. Interesting. Maybe I need to do some further research because more yeah. or less we we have a satellite TV provider. And I'm not I'm mm. not going to mention who it is because like they they're not doing anything wrong, but with our, you know, with our our phone and internet, I mean, we've got everything bundled up to the wazoo. Um I just right. looked at my bill, it's like 200 bucks a month. And yep. so, so I, and I saw that graphic that you're referring to Dave, where it breaks down everything. And I was like, well, wait a sec. 90 bucks is still cheaper than 200. Um, mm-hmm. but you're, even if you include on like a $45 YouTube TV package plus five for the DVR, that's still $60 cheaper than what you're saying your uh, bill is exactly. for all that. Exactly. So yeah, it, it's but but you're absolutely right, Dave. In that it really is kind of like the recabling. In that yeah, the a la carte um, streaming services kind of um, in in their in their efforts to break the old model, just basically went back to the old model. Yep. You know, it's it, it's it's really no different. It's just the content that has changed. So and and it just it. Uh, I like like we were saying earlier. I don't have the answers either. Um, I just know that I know that there's a lot of bloat um, in my current television package of stuff that I don't need. So actually, so mm-hmm. so let me be totally upfront with with uh, you and the audience here. We had a conversation about getting Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. it was like, well, maybe not right now. And I'm like, whoa, wait a damn minute. Go watch me some Mandalorian. What are you talking about? Do you listen to my podcast? Do you know how hyped I am for this one television? Get the duck. Exactly. So, yeah. So, there, so there's, so, but there, and, and it was like, well, wait a sec. But yes, it's $6.99, but it's still another $6.99 added on to all of the other just $6.99. So and and it got me to think about things in a in a way that I hadn't and it's like well maybe it's time to reevaluate what I've been paying the satellite company this whole time 
you know, uh, you know, rejigger the uh, the uh, um, television package or or whatever. Um, mm. So, but yeah, it was it was one of those things that really kind of uh, got me to squeak my sneakers and and think about things in a way that because you know for me it was just a given that I was going to sign up for Disney Plus. Now I haven't done any of like the bundles or any of the pre orders. I missed the uh, the founder special where you can sign up for three years for a certain price. I all of that stuff has passed me by. Um, so, but it it was one of those things. It's like, well, wait a sec. Let's really talk about this as opposed to just unilaterally doing it. And right. like I said, it, it really kind of got my attention kind of in a in a similar way that um, that graphic that you were talking about, you know, it breaks down all the individual services. Now, in that graphic, there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't want. Like I, I, yeah. I have uh, I, I don't I don't entirely understand the Apple TV strategy because they're just showing increasingly vague trailers for shows that nobody knows what they are. Yeah. Uh, like that morning show one that's allegedly a, about Matt Lauer, but it's not about Matt Lauer. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other ones I've been seeing too. And yeah, just going off this graphic for me personally, I could cut 50 bucks out of here um, easily by removing Apple TV stars, uh, HBO max showtime and CBS. I don't need any of that crap. Yeah, and I, I feel bad too because, like, you know, they they made the uh, HBO Max announcement, and you know, talking about like some of the featured content that'll be on there, including like some like DC comic stuff. They're yep. like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna have a Green Lantern show." What about Yay. DC streaming thing? That's supposed to be a thing. I don't know anything about that <laughs> anymore. Because I mean, no, yeah. really, I think I think maybe like. Uh, HBO Max is going to include um, because I mean it's all Warner. I mean it's it's yeah. all owned by Warner Brothers. So like that's that's one of the ways that you can watch the new Watchmen show, which which I hear is or really Titans. good and mm-hmm. and yeah. So yeah. So um, I think that's how they're threading that needle. But it's just like I I don't care though. And and it's so funny though because I mean again at the end of the day I think content will be king and. I don't think anybody's got better stuff than Disney Plus. I mean, I, no. I'm waiting. I I I don't want to be the guy with the coffee mug saying like, "Prove me wrong," but uh, <laughs> or you know, change my mind. But easy there, Stephen Crowder. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I don't, because I mean, yeah, it's weird. Because it was like, and and really, I'm you know, I'm kind of invested in like the Amazon stuff because I I like my free shipping. Um, but yep. also I get to I get to watch some cool uh, shows and stuff. That's fine, too. And now you're going to deliver my groceries for free. That's dope. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Netflix, I I um, get included in my in my bundle with T-Mobile and, you know, uh, Hulu. I will probably end up rebundling with uh, with Disney Plus. And I, I think that's that's. You know, and maybe a side order of uh, CBS All Access. We'll see. I might have I, to pull the trigger because that Captain Picard show does look pretty cool. I don't even know if that can get me to pay ten bucks a month for uh, for CBS. Sure, I, I don't know. Well, and and <laughs> like uh, you know, I was talking in a previous episode. It's like you know, if you if it's truly everything that like CBS has ever done and I can go back and watch like, you know, 21 seasons of Big Brother or like 
40 seasons of Survivor or, you know, 20 seasons of Amazing Race or something like that. I, you know, it, it, it's good to know that it's there. I don't know if I would actually have the time or opportunity to consume it, but it, it's one. Let me burst this bubble. Ah. Um, Cause I thought the same thing about Jag. Yeah. They have four episodes of season four of Jag one episode of season five of Jag, like six episodes of season six. Like they're, they have all like season one, all like 10 episodes, season two, most of season three. It's sporadic depending on what they have. Oh my God. And I would, I would uh, look at other shows like uh, Night Court. There's very little, uh, th- there's, it's sporadic. Interesting. So did you, uh, what, throw down for like a, like a, um... the, the free trial okay. thing for a week? Yeah. Uh, just to see what they had. Okay. Very yeah. Cool. It, it was disappointing because I'm like, Jag. It's like, oh. Can't watch them all. Oh, that's that's, that's super <laughs> disappointing. Um, can't he, can't even see Bug get his leg blown off. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. R.I.P. His leg. <laughs> <laughs> Pour one out. Oh man! All right. So so um so I don't know. I mean, sorry to burst that bubble. No no no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but with regards to that, any any other uh thoughts on um either either content that you're looking forward to um or anything else that you want to add to the the streaming TV uh conversation because I mean it's something that we're going to talk about in every one of these TV episodes because it it does seem like they keep adding different um different aspects to things I don't know. It is, and and we are one week away from the launch of uh, that. Will probably crash the channel for a good day or two. Yeah. Uh, if expectations are what they're what they pan out to be, um, but I, I'm going to go back to Amazon Prime. I, I'm a big. I was a big Top Gear fan. Like my dad got me into that quite a bit oh, sure. uh, later on. Um, and then when they moved over to Amazon with the Grand Tour, I can't recommend that show enough. Um. They're apparently going to be switching up their format, though, going forward. They're going to be doing basically two hour-and-a-half specials instead of 10-hour-long specials or episodes. Uh, if you followed the Grand Tour or Top Gear at all, mm-hmm. they used to do a a long-trip episode going through various parts of the world. And apparently, they're only going to go down to two episodes of that where they go from one point to another through a long oh, okay. doing challenges with cars and stuff. And it, it, it's good. It's going to be fun. It's they're going with the less is more aspect and I respect it. I don't like it though, oh, that's but fair. I respect it. Well, yeah. And it's one of those things where maybe like uh, uh budgetary limits are starting to show. Oh no, they're, they have all the budget in the world. I think they're just, they're getting up in age. I understand that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Clarkson's in his, mid 50s he's had some health problems lately hammond keeps trying to kill himself with uh wrecking his cars uh i'm not joking he uh during season two he literally flew off a cliff and rolled his car down a hill oh my god yeah um uh, the footage of it was just (laughs) so the footage of it was captured on cell phone video um, they had like the, the main cameras there to show most of it. And then when they actually showed it on the episode, they cut to the cell phone, fo- uh, footage of him going off the cliff. And then when they come back to them in their stage, they blamed him for not having the cameras rolling when he went off the cliff. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, they're all that they've been together for 20 plus years. They, they have a great chemistry that it, they're hilarious. I, I urge you to go check them out. They have a bunch of seasons of Top Gear on there too. 
uh, go check out the Grand Tour. I highly recommend it, if, especially if you're a car guy. I'm not. I just like their uh, their chemistry. Ah, fair enough. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I I I remember. I uh, it's something I uh, never got into, but uh, for a brief time they had like the the Americanized version on History Channel. And yeah, we don't talk about that one. I liked it though. <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. There was there were some good episodes, but they didn't have the the chemistry. Like like if that was your first introduction to Top Gear, I can understand liking it. But yeah, seeing the British version and then going to that, it's like, eh, let me wipe this this taste out of my mouth because no, let me go back to British <laughs> British version because it's it's literally that much night and day between the two. Fair enough. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting... Uh, I think the next year is going to really open things up or shut things down, depending on what happens with streaming. Like I said, PlayStation V is already shutting down their service. Who knows what other ones are going to shut down over the next year. Yeah, and it, it could be one of those things where the cream rises to the top. Who... Uh, mm-hmm. Who could know? And and that's the other thing too. Like you know, with with streaming kind of being the non traditional model, it's like how how is success gauged? You know, because it's like you know, Netflix doesn't release any kind of uh, viewership information, or if the stuff that they do is you know um, skewed to whatever they want it to be. It's like mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah, this had uh you know. 40 million downloads or something you know it's yeah it's it's interesting um, well the joe McHale show with joe McHale, they they kind of poked fun at that throughout their run on netflix like oh we just hand uh shows out to whoever and then we replace them a year later because why not we're netflix we can do whatever the hell we want um and that seems to be the mentality over there like you look at some of these shows like I got into Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita Diet. That one was fun for me. Um, canceled after three seasons. Like it mm-hmm. seems like three to five seasons is your longevity on Netflix. Hulu doesn't seem to have a time frame yet. I've noticed. I haven't noticed one with them at all. Anyways, same with Amazon Prime so far. They're still kind of new in this original content land. But with Netflix, it seems like it's three to five seasons, and it's not even years; it's seasons because sometimes they put out two batches of 10 or eight to 10 episodes per year. Hmm. That's another thing that's weird (laughs) to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, I'm cool with like the, the (laughs) shorter, um, shorter truncated seasons, but yeah, no, I, it's, it it is a whole new landscape out there. And, and uh, uh, again, in a lot of ways, the old mold is broken, but it Mm -hmm. seems like, the new mold seems to. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, the the new aristocracy smells a lot like the old regime. It does, and and maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Maybe before our uh, mid season TV review, we can talk about bring bring some of the stuff we learned in school and make a podcast out of it uh, because ratings don't mean the same as they did even five or five years ago exactly uh, True. on tv on tv uh because we all talk about like the ratings like in, in the wrestling smart whatever you want to call it like we look at the ratings of say raw or smackdown or even aew and nxt the last couple weeks and we're like 
yeah, it's low. It's not like it was in the 90s, but people consume differently. So I know advertisers look at this archaic model and still call it the gospel, but yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. Crazy. So that feels like as good a point to uh, call things for this particular episode. Yes. Um, David, this has been an absolute pleasure once again, uh, oh. proving that, that we can do the marathon sesh. And uh, yes. <laughs> so, so I appreciate you hanging on. And uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, oh, no. I was going to say, oh, thank you for having me, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I was going to say, before we uh, part ways for now, and I still have that that brand new jam from Kirby Crackle coming up next, but before then, uh, Producer Dave, uh, let folks know how they can find your stuff on the internets and how we can connect with you on the social medias. Yes. Uh, first off, you can check me out at Beards, Booze, and Brutes Football Podcast. We drop every friday uh sometimes earlier on thursdays depending on what's going on uh this week we're going to have the first college football playoff rankings coming out so we'll be talking about that as well as giving out some mid-season awards i'll give you a hint on who my mvp is you'll like it mike you'll <laughs> like who my mvp is um i'm excited because i bet you it's my mvp as well and i'm not even doing <laughs> fantasy this year Yes, uh, you'll ch- you can check us out at Beard Booze Brute, no S's because we only get 15 characters on Twitter. Or you can check us out at facebook.com slash Beards Booze Brutes. Also, check out the Here For It podcast. Like I said, we got a couple movie-themed podcasts up that we dropped in the last two weeks. Those drop every Monday. Uh, we'll probably have an AEW full gear uh, review show because we got the uh, first AEW pay-per-view since they got their TV deal on. That'll be coming up this Saturday, November 9th. So check us out. We'll probably be dropping that on the 11th or 12th. Just look for any and any of the streaming services. We're on all of them. Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever else is out there. We're on all of them. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. All right. So coming up next is the brand new song from Seattle nerd rockers Kirby Crackle. This is Snake in the Garden, the fall 2019 single. I hear them coming. I hear them running. Everybody's trying to find a little something. I see the anger over a mountain. Everybody's trying to feel a little nothing. Everybody's trying to find a snake in the garden. Everybody's wondering if they're high. Everybody's trying to find a face to believe in. Everybody's wondering if they're right. But it's a long way down when there's no bottom. I hear them whispering. I hear them talking. Everybody's trying to find out where they're walking. A straight line never happened. Just a fairy tale that all of us are trapped in. Everybody's trying to find a snake in the garden. Everybody's ready for a fight. Everybody's looking for a heart to believe in. Staring in the mirror late at night. But it's a long way down when there's no bottom. There's a feeling in the air as cool as the skin. Cause it means they haven't got ya. Tell 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Like, share, rate, and review the show. It really does help. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders, who is my guest this week for Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. My name is Dave. And until next time, make good choices. And be good humans better than us. <laughs> You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio production. Cut my life into pieces. This is my 